The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping it strong style The ace of podcasts On the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here With Suit Williams From voicesofwrestling.com on today's show, we'll review Royal Quest 3, preview Super Junior Tag League, and cover all its news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, prowrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. Frequently updated annual features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share plus, synchronized game parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. Suit, how you doing, man? Doing good. Glad to be on. Ready to talk about some Royal Quest, some New Japan. I'm into it. Yeah, man. Uh, you- no, it's been New a minute. Japan's, oh, I was going to say New Japan's back. Have you heard? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I've been hearing that over and over again. <laughs> I, I don't know where it went, but it's back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's been a minute since we've talked in person. I think the last time I saw you was um, the G1 Climax in Dallas. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been that- a minute. <laughs> I forget I was at that show like all the time. And then I remember like I've seen Okada Tanahashi live. Like, man, that's just one of those memories that pop up and you're like, man, I've I've been around. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's crazy to think back. Yeah, we saw Okada Tanahashi live. We saw that Osprey Lance Archer match live. Like that whole show was just dope. And 
incredible time. They haven't come back, but hey, it was fun. Well, not for a G1, but you know, still fun. Yeah. Um, and Sue, every time we have a, a new guest on the show, we ask them just some questions about their new Japan background. But before I get into those questions, got a, a very important question from our pal Rich Latta. And he wants to know, is Suit a shoot name? He's always wondered this. <laughs> uh, it is not. Uh, if you go back far enough on my Twitter, you'll find my shoot name. Like, it's not a secret, but, you know, I'll give the people a little something to do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the origin of it is uh, I had a profile picture on Twitter of me in a dress shirt and a tie from a trip I took to Washington, D.C. Um. I wasn't on like a Senate hearing or anything. I won a contest and got to go. But um, yeah, so I was in a dress shirt and tie and I made my profile name Suit Williams. Uh, and a lot of people liked the name, thought it was cool. So I just made it my name on Twitter and it became my name online. And, you know, hey, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all I, I've known you by. And I know a lot of people too. So, <laughs> Well, if you take a look on the Google Me, you'll... You'll know the answer. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the uh, your real name there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll let people go, go to your Twitter at Suit Williams or X, whatever it's called, <laughs> to find your. It's Twitter. <laughs> I think he's trying to avoid like a lawsuit or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Suit. So, uh, so when did you start watching New Japan Pro Wrestling? I I became aware of New Japan around 2014. Um, I watched Wrestle Kingdom eight. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I uh, saw the uh, King of Destroyer match with, uh, was it Makabe and Fale, I think it was? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I saw that show, and I enjoyed it. And then uh, I got fully into the product in 2015 when uh, Shelly Deathlock, he was at a New Japan America show, and um, she had, like, these uh, New Japan, like, a uh, Free month for New Japan uh, World Codes, but she already had New Japan World, so she just uh, gave some out on Twitter. I got one of them. Uh, I watched the 2015 Super Junior Final with Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly, and that was it. I I was hooked, man. Nice. I remember watching that uh, in a subway across from New Orleans City Hall on a break from like a summer job I uh, was working, and I was just blown away. By the sandwich and the match. <laughs> hey, you can't go wrong there, man. Great, great food and great wrestling. <laughs> uh, so uh, who's your favorite New Japan wrestler? I know that's probably hard, but if you had to pick maybe, maybe one or two, who's your, your favorites? Uh, for me, it's it's Osprey. Like, I, I did a review, I think, of Destruction in Kobe, where I was just like, yeah, this guy's the best wrestler in the world. Like, every time he's in a big match, he delivers. And I've been following him since uh, he was, well, not since he was coming up in progress, but since he, like, he was becoming a big deal in Europe. He had won the progress title, and I've been following him since then. And seeing his growth going from, you know, a very athletic, very talented junior to just growing into this all-around great talent. It's just been incredible to follow. It's been incredible to watch. And I'm happy that we're in a time where I can follow a guy whose career starts in England and continues in Japan. And I can 
follow it and watch it all in real time. So Osprey would be my number one. I mean, Okada, he's got to be up there because yeah. he's the man. Like this year, I I realized this year, like how great that guy's been for as long <laughs> as I've been watching. <laughs> like it's legit been, you know, a decade plus of that guy. It's insane how great he's been. Yeah. And then, you know, Kenny Omega, obviously, if I, you know, to fill out that top three, He's not, you know, you know, he's not there now, but, you know, following that guy rising through the ranks to be like the hottest thing in pro wrestling and bringing New Japan up with him was fantastic. It yeah. was fantastic. It was two things peaking at the same time that just made for a very special time in, uh, in my fandom and in wrestling in general. Yeah, that uh, Okada Omega rivalry was just so great to watch in real time and i think sometimes we take for granted just how great that series was and that whole rivalry i'll, I'll remember the you know the two out of three falls at dominion uh rich ladder and, and young boy over at my apartment we were just you know running around going crazy at yeah. that match <laughs> uh yeah they have that in the pocket for forbidden door man i i made danielson okada happen this year I'm starting the the campaign now. Okada Omega Five for Forbidden Door Three. Let's do and it. Hopefully that happens in New Orleans. Hey, that'd be for great. no reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely make the trip for that, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, make it happen. Yeah. Let's sell some tickets. Well, uh, speaking of matches, what's your favorite uh, New Japan match of all time? Uh, favorite New Japan match is going to be a different Super Junior final, uh, the 2019 final with Osprey and Shingo. Mm. That whole tournament is just like a seminal New Japan tournament for me because it's just an awesome lineup. And then the final, you got an undefeated Shingo, hadn't taken a fall since he came in versus Osprey, my favorite wrestler going. They have this incredible chemistry off the bat. And then Sumo Hall just going insane for it. It that match still just of their like rivalry through New Japan, like that's the top for me. That's the peak of it. And I've given everything else they've done like five stars, like yeah. almost every other match, because <laughs> like those are two of the best wrestlers on earth. And their chemistry is just they work so well together. And it's it's awesome to watch. And I put some honorable mentions down too for the list. I have the uh the Kushida O'Reilly Super Junior final, the Abushi Tanahashi G1 final. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then uh the Omega Osprey matches from this year too, just fantastic stuff. Just like we have crowds, we're going to make y'all make noise cuz these two are going to be they're going to do some of the most insane stuff you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, dude, that the uh, Osprey Omega match has made it hard for me to give like any other match this year five stars. It's like when yeah. I compare any great match to Osprey Omega from Tokyo Dome, I'm just like, was it as great as this? Uh, <laughs> no, four point seven five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very liberal with my fives. Like my fives are match of the year level. Mm -hmm. 
that's just how I do my list. I know other people have it where it's like, you know, higher, like best matches I've ever seen. I do it where it's just like, this is, this is like one of the best matches I'll see this year. And so five. So I think I'm at like nine, five star matches this year. Yeah. I'll check my, I'm very similar. I've been trying to be, yeah, more liberal with the fives and not throw everything five at everything. Um, I know some people, I was like, Uncle Dave, they're throwing sixes and sevens. Like, yeah. That's too complicated for me. <laughs> I thought about doing five plus, where it's like one of the best matches I've ever seen, but I just scrapped it and went five. Yeah. I think, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, when you start adding in the pluses and the sixes, it's like, it just messes, you have to go, you have to retroactively go back and update. I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm just going to stick with the five scale. Doing too much. <laughs> Doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright well we're going to talk about uh, Royal Quest 3 so this happened uh, this past Saturday October 14th from the Copper Box Arena in the UK uh, big show here from New Japan in uh, the Copper Box so um, I guess before we jump into the show uh, how was your experience uh, just watching on, on Rev Pro On Demand uh, so I didn't watch this show live I uh, was unavailable on Saturday to watch it but I do have Rev Pro on demand because I've been meaning to watch more Rev Pro. Like Rev Pro's up there with CMLL and like the high end impact stuff as wrestling that I mean to watch, but I never get around to it. But uh, yeah, I have it on Rev Pro on demand, and uh, watching the show is fine. Like I think Rev Pro on demand's like service is just fine. Um, you know the video quality is like if you're you if you've watched Rev Pro before, you know it's a Rev Pro production, mm-hmm. so is what it is. You know Andy's using the money for a camera on flights. You know can't be mad. Yeah, that's but, true. It's like uh, do you drop the coin to bring in you know Shingo and Ichi, or you drop the coin to get the high high def camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you get used to it. And all you can do is, like, hope that one day you turn on one of these Rev Pro shows and you see, like, the nice cameras. And it'll be like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it'll be like, um, what's that movie where they were all living in black and white? And then uh, oh, um... I think it's like Spider-Man. Well, not Spider-Man, but like Tobey Maguire. Uh, comes in and like everything comes uh comes into color. Is it is that Pleasantville? Is it... That sounds right. Yeah, I was gonna say Elizabeth Town, but that's something else. But yeah, I, I definitely yeah. I feel that, and yeah, I think that's kind of one of the biggest complaints I hear from like our listeners or other fans, like when they have to watch you know a New Japan or a Pro show. But yeah, at this point, it kind of is what it is. I actually thought that this show wasn't as bad as some of the other shows can be. Um, but you get yeah, you get used to it to the, the camera quality and the the audio. But I think overall, like the the wrestling usually saves the show for for them. Yeah, it makes up for it. What they're filming is good. It's just not in good quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about this show. Uh, so show opened up. We had the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori defeating Robbie X uh, seven minutes and forty eight seconds. Uh, this was my first time seeing Robbie X. Uh, I was impressed at how uh, smoothly he moves in the ring. He's very, uh, very slick with his movements in the ring. Um, as far as like Ishimori goes, I'm a little disappointed that it's you know still Bone Soldier Ishimori. I, 
I'm not sure how I would have changed him. I don't like there were some rumors that he would be the fifth man in just five guys as like a little shake up for him. <laughs> I don't know if I ever like bought that, but he's just got a very stale presence about him. He's been the same since he came in and you know, it's been what four years, three, four years. Time yeah, for a little I think shift with he him. He came in, didn't he come in like tw- that twenty nineteen Super Juniors? Uh I think that was about his time when he came in, I think. Yeah. Yeah, about four years. It's something's gotta change with him. I don't know if it's like a gimmick or something, but he needs to shift around. Yeah, I think with him being out from that injury, it would have been a good time. He had to kind of bring him back, refresh, maybe change the faction up. Um because yeah, I don't really think he really fits in with the current Bullet Club War Dogs kind of thing that's going on right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe you could slide into the House of Torture side, but I don't know. Yeah, there are like a couple guys in Bullet Club limbo where it's like, you know, you have Ishimori and then you have, uh, you know, Chris Bay and Ace Austin who seem like they're Bullet Club <laughs> in name only over an impact <laughs> where they're like in this in between where they don't fit the new vision, but they're not like going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's odd. Maybe they need another like faction for those guys. Maybe some of them can slide over to House of Torture, but House of Torture just got a guy in Kanemaru, so I don't know. It's a it's an odd like fit right now for Bullet Club. They're still kind of shifting things around because you've got like the War Dog group, which I like. I like mm-hmm. the look of that unit. I like the intensity of that unit. But then you still got these hangers on like Ikimori and Owens that are, mm-hmm. you know, they're still waving the flag, but they don't really they don't really fit what the look is now. Right. And then you, you got Fale down in you know New Zealand, Australia with his Rogue Army Bullet Club yeah. and you got Bullet Club Gold and AEW and Bullet Club yeah. and Impact. <laughs> There's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. It, you know what it reminds me of? It's like when a coach comes in. And they have, and he has his recruits, but there's still the old recruits there. So you gotta, you know, David Finley's got to run through a year or two to get his new recruits in. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess, got- I guess I'll test out these old guys and see if they they work with my the game plan I'm trying to run with my new guys. <laughs> He's out there like Coach Prime bringing in his Gucci bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, you know, I thought this was a you know good opener for the show. Nothing blow away. Uh, Ishimori did a, a pretty cool uh, UFO backbreaker towards the end there, and then it's it's the uh, the bloody cross on Robbie X to get the win. But yeah, I've seen Robbie X a couple of times now. I think he's really impressive. He's one of the fan favorites in Rev Pro. Um, he's a guy I think would be great to bring over for like a best of Super Juniors or like a Super Junior Tag League, or get him in the mix for like another like All Star Junior Festival. He's a, a really great guy. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of them in uh, New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had El Desperado defeating Trent Seven, eight minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. Um, so I said earlier I uh, wa- was watching Progress when uh, Will Osprey was on the come up. I saw a lot of Trent Seven, too, and uh, can't really say I've missed him. <laughs> he, he just does not look very good. He's got the the silver hair and you know he's got the body 
He always had the body. Yeah. But it's been the body is bodying more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I can't exactly say I've missed him. Uh, I did like Despy taking a chair shot to the head as a heat spot in a match second from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you show you love this business. <laughs> um, I was a little surprised that Despy had to win with a flash pin here, but they're put they uh, push seven in Rev Pro, so you know I get taking care of the taking care of uh, Andy's guy here, but. Yeah, not much here. I, you know, slapped two and a half on it, went on about my day. Yeah, it's a fine match. You know, I, I always say that there are some guys I think are just better off as tag team wrestlers. And I, I think Trent Seven is one of those guys. I think, you know, if he was with Tyler Bate and doing Mustache Mountain stuff, I think he could probably still have some really great matches and probably attract more attention. But yeah, since he's been back in Rev Pro, it's just kind of been, eh, it, it's just kind of been okay. And like a single stuff hasn't really. At least for me, it really hasn't called out to me. And so, yeah, this match was fun. Like you mentioned, they had the whole chair stuff at the beginning. And then, yeah, Despy takes uh, the chair from the the, the plancha. Yeah, he comes back. He gets the uh, El Esacero, uh small package pin from the reverse out of uh, Trent Seven's uh, seven-star lariat. Which would have been interesting if he hit that on a New Japan show, considering his it's pretty much just his version of the Rainmaker. <laughs> yeah, Desperado figured out a counter to the Rainmaker. Everybody should be watching this tape. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean seven and Bate being a team would be nice you know i mean that is if anybody could find tyler Bate, you know yeah. have you seen him i don't know <laughs> I, I have not it's been a, a quite a while whenever the last like big nxt like original takeover <laughs> stuff was or nxt uk i have not seen that man in a long time <laughs> yeah he's He's not looking much better. Like his body is, he still looks like Tyler Bate in the body, but then he looks like, well, he looks a lot older in the face and he, he is my age. So (laughs) it looks like he's been through some things. (laughs) He has seen some stuff and living in Florida. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I'm I'm right here in Tampa, man. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff you you see around here, man. (laughs) One wrong turn and uh Oh, (laughs) well, you already see with the NXT parking lot. Like it's just not not safe out here, man. (laughs) Not nice out here. Not sweet out here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, after that, we had uh, Gene Blast, Yota Suji defeating Luke Jacobs, nine minutes and one second. Uh, I wrote this in that um, in that destruction in Osaka review I did for Voices of Wrestling, but Suji is a capital G guy. He has got so much presence. He's got the talent. The people are behind him in Japan. Uh, they were booing him here because they were behind their guy Jacobs, but Suji, he's got more. Pr- I want to see if you agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. He's got more main event presence now than Okada did at this point of his Rainmaker push. Yeah, I think I I agree with that. Um, I feel like Okada was still quickly trying to figure things out kind of at the beginning of that push. And also you see where he's at now. But I feel like Suji, the the look, his – also I don't speak Japanese, but it seems like he has a lot of confidence when he's talking, the wrestling, his crowd reactions, and – I know the crowd was a little bit more in favor for Luke Jacobs at certain points, but I feel like when his entrance music hit, he got a huge reaction. There were big Suji chants. He he came off like a star, and I've been saying this for weeks now on the show that 
he's a guy where I don't think you have to you wait much longer. Uh, I think you need to pull a trigger on him, strap him up. He, he needs to be the big push. I think he has what it takes to be a, the new face of New Japan. The, I, the next big arc in New Japan, he should be a big part of it. Like whether he is like the protagonist of the story or whether he is the antagonist to whoever is that top guy, he's got to play a part in it because they've got a guy here. There are other guys are, you know, aging out, you know, so you got a guy in Suji here who everybody's in already. They're already bought in. Let's hit the ground running with them. Yeah, man, I think just his his crowd reactions have really kind of just blown me away in Japan, even in the multi-man stuff. And then, you know, the Will Ospreay match in Kobe, the the match, his debut back from match from Excursion against Sonata. Like, this guy was a star, like, pretty much day one with his return and how the crowd is taking to him. I, I really haven't seen much guys come back from Excursion that, the crowds are really taken to like that, except maybe since maybe, maybe Hiromi when he came back. Um, but yeah, the fans love him. I think he has everything it takes. I agree. If you like going for, yeah, he needs to be. You know, they had like their. You know, if you want to call them pillars, you know, he's a three musketeer, whatever you want to call them. Like he needs to be one of the tent pole guys that they focus on going forward. Yeah, and uh, this match it was a simple one. Uh, the crowd was behind Jacobs. Uh, I was expecting a little more because you heard the rave reviews from the uh, Rev Pro Anniversary show about Jacobs uh, against Ishii. Mm-hmm. I still need to watch that show, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I was there live for that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but but Suji is, like, much higher on the totem pole than Jacobs is in their respective promotions. So he handled them here. It is what it is. I would I would hope for more, but, you know, maybe one day. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, on commentary. They kind of called back to Suji's time in Excursion in Rev Pro. And when he was a young lion, he uh, faced Luke Jacobs and lost. And so this was kind of a, a big thing for Suji to come back as a star, get the win over Jacobs. Uh, post-match, he threw him out the ring, similar to how Jacobs did when he beat him as a young lion. So kind of getting some comeuppance there and getting his revenge. But, yeah, Suji looked real good, hit a curb stomp, spear, Put Luke Jacobs away. Uh, that was a good match. Like you said, I was kind of expecting more too. Like I said, I was there live for that Ishi Luke Jacobs match in August, and and that was awesome. I think Luke really like that was his kind of breakout match. I think a lot of people were hoping to see a similar thing here, but it wasn't quite that. Yeah, just not there yet. Jacobs isn't there yet, but you know he's on the right path, and you know hopefully if he gets into New Japan proper, we can see more of it um, between these two and with. You know, with the whole roster. Yeah. So then following that, we had the first title match of the evening, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles are on the line. The Bullet Club War Dogs team of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney retained their titles by defeating Cameron Kai and Leon Slater in 12 minutes and two seconds. These two men are entirely too young. What are y'all <laughs> doing on wrestling shows, man? Yeah, did they say what are y'all- Cameron Kai was 17? Yes, and Leon Slater is 19. Like, <laughs> what y'all doing, man? Like, <laughs> ain't y'all got a bedtime? Don't y'all got, like, stuff to do? Oh, like, man. I don't appreciate Brit Rest constantly making me feel old. I'm 26, man. That's not... <laughs> I... Like, I already have trouble with some of these dudes in the NBA. 
You know, NFL, I got rook I got sons of people I was playing as in, in Madden. Like I'm already having trouble with this. I don't need Brit Rest <laughs> adding to it. <laughs> yeah, you you always hear stories of these these guys like wrestling when they're like 10, 11, and then yeah, you see these guys come out here 17, 19, like probably in high school, fresh out of high school, uh on a big spot on a new Japan show. Yeah, in front of three thousand people, you know. Um, I don't have the attendance to hand. It might be on cage match. I could check, but I think it was a thousand down from the um Rev Pro show, which you know, for coming back so soon after that, that's a that's a good attendance number for them. Yeah, I think so for uh, New Japan. Let me check. Thirty one ninety one is uh the reported number on cage match. So. There you go for attendance. But, uh, yeah, for this match, I like the Rev Pro Cannon continuing here because Slater and Maloney had some bad blood. Um, Their issues resulted in Osprey having issues with Slater, which led to their match uh, earlier this year in Rev Pro. And I just, you know, I appreciate the Cannon being continued of uh, the British promotion uh, leading to the big New Japan show. Um match was pretty good. I thought Kai and Slater for their ages were uh, pretty impressive. Um, something else I liked on commentary, um, you had Chris Charlton and Gideon Gray. Mm-hmm. I liked Gideon Gray. He was being the heel commentator for the night. But I liked that he was still anti-Bullet Club yes. because of Maloney turning on the United Empire instead of just you know lazily going with the bad guys because they're bad guys. I thought that was good attention to detail by him. Yeah, I think that throughout the night there were certain guys that he's had run-ins with or didn't like whether or not they were face or heel. So, yeah, I thought, I thought he did a great job of kind of playing to that. Yeah, kind of, yeah, being upset at Bull Club. Like you mentioned, yeah, Drill Maloney was a part of United Empire and then quickly turned his back to, to join the, the War Dogs. So, Gene um, still has some, some heat there. And yeah, like the whole story that played out here, like you mentioned, uh, Leon Slater, he's three and zero in singles matches against Drill Maloney, and he beat him at the last Rev Pro show. Um, so that's how they got this title match. Um, so good candy there, like you mentioned, and yeah, really fun match. A lot of fun do- double teams from Kai and Slater, and these guys were flying all over the place. It was awesome, and uh, but they couldn't meet, match the muscle of uh, Drilla and Clark Connors. Yeah, they got the win with the last clip, is it? That's uh, Spear off the ropes? Yeah, uh, yeah. Drilla gets them up in a suplex and then Clark Spears them. Yeah, so, you know, good stuff. Good stuff. I like uh, Connors and Maloney's champs. Yeah, it brings something different to the division. Also, you know, you, you normally have a lot of flyers, and they're more kind of the bruiser team. And, man, I love um, Drilla's the Drilla killer pile driver i think when he hits yeah. that he just needs to pin people like forget the full clip like you just put that's somebody up finish. in a power bomb and drop them in a pile driver like <laughs> pin them that's it <laughs> yeah, i loved i loved that angle of them coming together at the end of that uh super junior tour because i i basically reviewed the tour for a uh, voices of wrestling uh we get to the end of the tour those two have a match together the last night I went four stars on it. They had this wild brawl all over the building with like barricades and stuff, throwing benches at each other. It was crazy. And then uh, at Dominion, you had um, you had Maloney turning on Catch Two Two and teaming up with Connors. And the explanation he gave, I just loved. 
Like I went drinking with uh, Connors. This guy's pretty cool. I'll team with him. Yeah. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I loved that coming together of things. Cause yeah, that's just cool. That's just, you know, the world feeling lively, the roster feeling lively in uh, New Japan. So I like that. Yeah, and I love when he was, you know, talking about Akira. He's like, I asked him to go for a drink. He wanted to get bubble tea. He's like, I don't want no damn bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> I want a beer. <laughs> oh, oh good stuff. So, yeah, so yeah, good matchups. Champs retain there. So they'll go into Super Junior Tag League as the champions. So then uh, after that, we had the Gorillas of Destiny team of El Fantasmo, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa defeating the Bullet Club War Dogs team of Alex Coughlin, David Finley, and Gabe Kidd at 10 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, another fine match. Like, everything up to the top two ranged from, like, two and a half to three and a half. Like, nothing was... You had the floor, but you had the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was very much in the middle of that. I'm ready for these sides to move on from each other. It feels like Tomatong has been feuding with Bullet Club for two years now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of over it. The next uh, defense for Tomatonga is away from him, which is good. Um, and something else I noted was a uh, kid, uh, Gabe Kid. I've liked that guy for a long time. I he was one of the few worthwhile things from watching uh, What Culture Pro Wrestling back in, you know, 2017 or whatever. But uh, he's got very—he's got a lot of big room energy. Plays to the back of the house, and I've seen the guy have great matches before. And so that New Japan polish on him should make him even better. I think that guy's gonna be gonna be a big deal in this company. Yeah, I think Gabe Kid is awesome. Uh, I've loved seeing his work. Love his stuff in Rev Pro. His—he had a good run on New Japan Strong. Um, the match of Eddie Kingston a couple years ago was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, Gabe Kid, I love the attitude, the whole the, the wild madman kind of just storming to the ring, throwing stuff around all the time. Uh, I think he's great. And yeah, I agree with you. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago on the show with, with Tamatonga. It's like, yeah, his whole kind of post-Bullet Club life has been feuding with Bullet Club. Like, I want to see what Tamatonga looks like not facing anybody that's throwing up a too sweet or, or a crotch chop or wearing any kind of black and white. Let's see him, yeah, mix it up and so. Yeah, like you mentioned, we're going to see him and Chingo um, in Las Vegas, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, so that'll be kind of a, a good step up for him and kind of see what he's going to do moving away from these guys. I think, yeah, I think both these units kind of need to, after this, kind of go their separate ways and kind of get into to new rivalries. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you. This match was just kind of fine. Uh, looking at my notes, like I have a lot of three stars uh, pretty much yeah. <laughs> up and down the, the beginning of, of this show. Um, so it was fine, kind of capping off the rivalry uh, that we saw from um, Ria Goku, uh, Destruction Ria Goku, uh, with uh, Tama getting the never title from Finley. Uh, this match had uh, Tangaloa surprisingly getting the pin over David Finley. There you go. Nice, uh, a nice end of tour six man. Yeah, uh, we have a couple questions here uh, from the listeners. Uh, first from uh, Zach Fellows, he says, what would you say is the main thing that is holding back David Finley from being a credible main eventer? Uh, so I put two things down. Um, one is the fact that he spent so long as a pin eater. Like he was, you know, he was the guy losing on his team for however long. He wasn't really 
a factor in like singles competition until last year he got that, you know, shock win over Osprey. And then, you know, they kind of built him up to an extent after that. Then he got the turn and the new coat of paint and they're giving him these dominant wins over uh, Tomatong and El Phantasmo in doing that. They for, you know, he forgot, he, they cut out like the new Japan big match finishing stretch for him, which worked in like getting him over and establishing this new character, but it hurt the matches, which I think hurt his reputation. So a lot of people don't see him as like a next level guy. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, there's the fact that his matches don't really hit that next gear. They don't hit that higher echelon unless he's in there with like a guy who can bring him there. I so it's a good spot for him, but he's just not his works just isn't good enough to get to that higher level yet. Yeah, usually and maybe it never will be. Yeah, usually when he peaks off when he's in there with like Will Ospreay, which of course like everybody's gonna have their their best match of Will Ospreay. Um, I can hit four stars with Will Ospreay. <laughs> I can hit four stars with Okada. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, perception is reality. And for, for so long, like you mentioned, he was a pin eater. He was kind of a job guy in Finn Juice and in Hontai in New Japan. He, he would have some really good matches, but he was just never... If you saw David Finley against Lance Archer, you know, he was losing. Against Okada, Goto, Tanahashi, like... You never really thought Finley was a guy who was gonna, you know, get a win out. I remember one time when he, he came back from an injury, he like challenged Archer for the U.S. title. Everybody thought, "Oh, this is his moment, big comeback," and then Archer just like, destroyed him. Um, and so I think he just never really had that that credibility. And then Jay White leaves, and then all of a sudden Finley kind of just slides in there without kind of building to that. Like he should have had some really big wins before becoming the leader of Bullet Club. Um, then since becoming leader of Bullet Club, he really hasn't feuded with any top guys. He's like he's still kind of in the in the middle. Like he should be feuding with your Okada's, your Will Ospreys, Sonata, the top guys of other factions. Well he's kind of feuding with a guy that's also in the middle, that's kind of a part of Huntai, but kinda of has his own faction, but not really. So yeah, I think the booking really hasn't done favors for Finley either. Yeah. I what really hurt Finley was the fact that he never like he was a young lion, but he never got an excursion because Matt Seidel had his old situation back then. So they kind of just slid Finley into that spot. And he never got to like take an excursion or anything. So he's mm-hmm. been around as this young lion who got elevated to, who kind of graduated, but didn't get the chance to get a new coat of paint or anything. He's just, still David Finley and then he's you know kept losing all the time like a young lion so he never got that like he never got the natural elevation you get from coming back from excursion and having this you know big return and celebration he kind of got screwed out of that yeah in a very similar situation to Hanare Uh, Hanare was a guy that was young lion kind of transitioned onto the main roster without an excursion uh, had the injury and then came back yeah. was kind of kind of shifted in that kind of weird like he's not a young lion but you know he's gonna lose all time until he joined yeah. United Empire 
So yeah, same thing with Finley. It's kind of this weird, not a really chance to transition from that fully from that young line role to like, all right, this guy is like a, a serious guy to take. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Stale Burger Bun. He says, Tangaloa got the pin on over David Finley at Royal Quest. Should we read way too much into this? I think it's just putting, you know, getting him hot and getting G.O.D. ready for World Tag League because I think they're going to uh, they're going to be a factor in that tournament. But other than that, I wouldn't I don't think he's getting any kind of push or anything. Yeah, I think it's just to kind of set up. Yeah, like you mentioned Tama and Loa for, for World Tag League and uh, normally, when you look at God's record, like usually Tangaloa is the one that picks up the wins when he's teaming with Tama. Um, so in that sense, not surprising. But I think this will be. I think Finley's going to be losing up here, like we see a lot of times in New Japan, and it's going to be kind of his way, maybe to be frustrated and maybe go after somebody higher on the totem pole. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, then next question here from MJ does PR. He says, "I saw some wild speculation about the person in the devil mask in AEW that attacked Jay White." Maybe Dave Finley. Do either of you think that's a possible or good direction? I don't think an AEW crowd would care very much about David Finley. Like this bullet, like this bullet club I like, I don't think they have a lot of like US support. I think like the the um uh, you know the English speaking bullet club fans have shifted over to Bullet Club Gold. Mm-hmm. And I think if it is Bullet Club War Dogs, like, I'd be into it, but I don't, like, I might be on an island there. Yeah, I'd be on that island with you. I, I love the War Dogs. I think it's been a, a great, you know, new coat of paint for the Bullet Club as a whole. Uh, but, yeah, the U.S. fan base has just never really been into Finley. Um, I went to um, the, what show was that, in L.A., um, the, the Coliseum, like one of the first shows in New Japan. Uh, Resurgence? Yeah, Resurgence, where they had to build up this whole, like, Finley-Jay White match, and Finley was supposed to be the face, and he comes out, crowd is booing this man, and then Jay White comes out, and they're going crazy, throwing up two sweets, and, like, Jay White was never really one of those guys that did a two sweet, but that night, I don't know what it was, he busts out the curtain, he's too sweet and everybody, Crowd's going wild for him, and Finley just got rained with booze. <laughs> I think that was around the time it was rumored that he was leaving to go to NXT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that never materialized, but it didn't help him that night. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's just never been, like, a, a fan favorite. So, yeah, if it ends up being him that attacked MJF, I think fans will not be happy and not, White. <laughs> and not care. White. Oh, yeah, Tech J. What? Yeah, fans would not um, care. Be I, happy. I think it was Adam Cole. I, I don't think he's hurt. Really? Yeah, I think it's Cole and his crew. I don't think that would make a lot of sense with like how they've told that story, but there's a lot of that story that doesn't make sense. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. not to get into it, but yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not a fan. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> Uh, so uh, after this match, we had the team of Ren Narita and Shota Umino defeating the United Empire team of Francisco Akira and Great Okan. Ten minutes and twenty-five seconds. Okan losing all over the place in, in uh, England now. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah, the, the long, um, long undefeated streaks I, yeah. over. <laughs> there you go. Um, the Shota Narita mashup theme. I thought it was pathetic. <laughs> like they didn't try to tempo match anything or blend it in at a spot like where uh, Umino's music goes down and Arita's music coming up. 
Like they didn't blend it at all. They just start one, start the other. Switch, switch. Like you might as well just not do it. <laughs> like you're just playing both their songs. Um, yeah, again, fine match, nothing to remember. Um, I think Umino and Narita are either going to win World Tag League or wrestle each other at the Tokyo Dome. That is my prediction here on October 16th. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely teasing those guys uh, being a team for World Tag League. So, yeah, I think they'll definitely be in the league. And, yeah, I think we'll see a story with them. Yeah, like you mentioned, either maybe going to the finals or winning or having a big match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think them having a big singles match at Wrestle Kingdom would be great. We've, we've kind of seen them already kind of set the foundation for their rivalry. We saw some stuff in the G1. So I think them having like their first big Tokyo Dome singles match would be great. Yeah, and them being two of the three Musketeers, they're going to be in a big spot. And my thought is, well, I mean, World Tag League's a pretty, you know, that's a nice little accomplishment to have. Or they could just put them against each other and have them wrestle there. For what? I don't know. Maybe it'll be for... Maybe we'll get to what it's for later on. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think uh, Schultz has really risen in my eyes because I saw that Naito match was his first, like... Well, not his first big one. He wrestled Osprey like, when he first came back. Yeah. But that Naito match in Feb- January, February, New Beginning time, that really set him back in my eyes. I thought that match stunk. Yeah. And, you know, he earned his way back. The Okada stuff was great. I thought he had a very good G1. You know, he's feeling himself now. He feels like he has that confidence of a guy getting a push in New Japan. And I think he's, you know, he's really risen to the level they want him to in the past little while. While Narita, I'm not feeling it with Narita, man. He just feels like a guy. Yeah. I mean, I get what they're trying to do, have him be like, you know, the Shibata clone, but he just does not have that energy yet. But I do think these two would have a very good dome match because these two had that very good 20-minute draw in the, uh, in the G1. So I'd be into it if they did the singles match. Yeah. Yeah, I was always kind of high on Ren Narita um, as a young lion and then on excursion doing a lot of stuff in New Japan Strong. He had great matches with um, Tom Lawler there and some other guys, Fred Rosser. And then coming back, I thought he looked great, you know, the whole New Japan uh NJP World TV tournament. He was looking great there. The match with Sabre at Wrestle Kingdom. And since then, I feel like he's kind of backslid since then. Um, you know, it stuck him in a strong style group with uh, Suzuki and Despy. And since then, he's just not felt the same, not the same fire. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, G1 was great with him in Umino. So, yeah, I think maybe if they kind of break him out of this whole trio stuff with strong style and let him do more singles, get him in there from these the Musketeers and some of the younger guys. I think that would be a better spot for him. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think, too, you have to look, too. I think, like, I, I get it. He wants to be like Shibata, but I think to most fans, he still looks like a young lion wearing, you know, just the black trunks and stuff like that. So 
No. Yeah. Put, put your name on the back of the trunks. Do do the Ric Flair, like, uh, you know, initial thing on the front. Something. Initials in cursive, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I get, the, like, the Shibata look. It's just, I don't think that's his fit. I don't think that's the path he should be going down. Because it just does not feel like... It doesn't feel like him. It feels like he's trying to be something. Whereas Suji... Suji feels like Suji. He feels like this is who I am. Umino's got a lot going on, but it kind of feels like he can get there. Like it feels like he is on the right path. Narita, it feels like he's not even on the right path as far as like who he is as a wrestler and as a personality. It just feels like he's trying to embody something rather than be that thing. Yeah, it's like they they had this, you know, Shibata whole size in the roster. Like, all right, well, we'll stick Narita in there. He was, he was trained by him. He kind of wrestles like him, looks like him a little bit. Let's just shove him in that spot and, and see how he does instead of, uh, yeah, kind of maybe uh, changing the gear up, letting him kind of find himself, find his own character. And, but now he has a lot to live up to of, you know, being the son of strong style and kind of, they want him to be like the next Shibata, and that's big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, so Umino got the win this match. It's the uh, the Death Rider on Akira. So a big win there for Umino and Narita. Uh, then after that, we had a tag match with LIJ's Bushi and Tetsuya Naito, and they defeated the Just Five Guys team of Doki and Tanada in 9 minutes and 29 seconds. The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata walking to the ring with the presence and the energy of a man taking the trash to the curb. <laughs> um, I do appreciate taking that note because it reminds me that I need to take the trash to the curb tonight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I watched this one on 2X Speed. It is a Naito tag match in an international show. You ain't filling the notebook with this one. <laughs> uh yeah um you know i was talking to uh, my normal co-host josh he's back he's coming back from vacation he's just asking you know how the show was and i'm like you know there's kind of a, a lot of house show energy for this show and especially for this match like you mentioned naito he's wearing the t-shirt it's you know multi-man tag not in japan it's totally low effort house show naito <laughs> And Naito, I figured this out earlier this year. Naito is the best wrestler that I don't get excited to see. <laughs> like, I have the cognitive awareness that he is a great professional wrestler. I do not, like, I just don't get up to see Naito. Like, he's on a show. I'll be like, all right. And then he has, like, you know, he pulls that Osprey match out, and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is great. <laughs> or he wrestles Okada, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. The light switch goes on. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy's really good. It's yeah. just, you know, he picks his spots, and the rest, you know, he does his thing. Yeah, so here, uh, Destino on Doki for the win. Uh, Post-match, a little face-off between uh, the challenger and the champion, uh, Bushi. 
spits the mist in Sonata's eyes, and Naito throws him out like the trash you mentioned earlier. Just tossed Sonata like yeah. he was nothing and came off as literally just a guy here to me. <laughs> kind of hard to get into this Tokyo Dome main event with Naito walking around with a Target tote bag <laughs> as the briefcase. I get that's his vibe, but... Uh, like, this is the main event? I'm supposed to care? Like, I care because I want Naito to win the belt. So a top guy has the belt. But, like, man. Can we fast forward to, like, New Beginning or wherever this guy is going to lose this belt? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm already thinking two champs down the line. <laughs> like, come on. Like, let's go. Yeah, you're, you're trying to like jump the Naito title run into whatever next. <laughs> Do your roll call and let's m- move on to something else, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of this weird spot where, you know, New Japan at the beginning of the year had this big thing like, you know, we're, we're going to push the young guys. There's going to be a, a youth movement. All these guys are going to come back from excursion quicker. And then there's a lot of spots where they kind of go same old, same old. Naito winning the G1. And now the main event of a Tokyo Dome. Um, and I'm not saying you, you throw a young guy in there right away, but I feel like somebody else, something different, could have been a, a fresh thing for this year. This is, I think, like the end of like the Naito as a main eventer story, where he gets his storybook ending, he gets the dome, he gets the roll call, all that. So I get it from that perspective. But, you know, it's like I said earlier, He's the best wrestler that I just don't like. So, you know, it's not going to work for me, but it's going to work for the LIJ fans. And I've said it multiple times. Like, I don't... The evil thing, I get it. That, like, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I think that would have worked. Would have worked better. I wouldn't have liked it, but I think that would have worked better. The Sonata thing here... I get it. It's got its audience. I am just not in that audience. Yeah, you know, the LIJ fan base, they're rabid. I'm sure that they love the lore and the story and this whole, you know, the friendship and betrayal and all this stuff. I'm sure they're going to be into it. And yeah. overall, I think the crowd in the Tokyo Dome, they'll probably be into it and like it. But yeah, this so far, the build has kind of been eh for me. Yeah, you know, Naito running around, like you mentioned, with, with a little tote bag and Sonata just kind of being you know, lacking energy and just had that, you know, horrible match with evil. Like it's just been not a ton of excitement around this main event. Yeah. Eh, hopefully Sonata gets an, a reaction at the Tokyo Dome. That would, you know, fuck the <laughs> trend. Uh, we have a question here from Def Triangle 720. It says, from an in-ring perspective, do you think Sonata versus Naito could surprise people in terms of the work rate? No. <laughs> um look naito can rise to the occasion he'll have when he has his working boots on the guy can go we know it he's one of the best in the world when he wants to be mm-hmm. everybody has been waiting for sonata to just unlock this second level and we got to come to the realization that that second level is not there Sonata is Sonata. 
you know, the Browns is the Browns, Sonata is Sonata. <laughs> that there's no higher tier, there's no higher level. He is who he is. And, you know, if Naito can drag him to the match of his life, that'll be great. That's the best case scenario. But, you know, being in the Tokyo Dome main event, I don't expect that to change anything about Sonata. He's going to walk out there with, you know, that stoic, dopey look on his face. (laughs) And, you know, he'll have the match. He'll do his thing. And, you know, the people will mildly care, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, we often say that Sonata usually wrestles up to the level of who he's in there with. So I think a lot of this match is going to depend on Naito, which Naito shows up. Like you mentioned, if we get, you know, to- big match, Tokyo Dome, Naito, the same Naito that faces Okada, you know, and Ibushi, like those big matches. Like if we get that Naito at the Tokyo Dome, I think he could elevate Sonata to a great match. But if we get, like, the Naito we got here, <laughs> it's going to be a, a rough night for Sonata. <laughs> uh, so uh, moving on to the next matchup, we had uh, Eddie Kingston, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Michael Oku defeating the United Empire team of Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and TJP in 10 minutes and 39 seconds. Gonna be honest, I watched this one on double speed too. I was just ready to get to the top two. But um as far as like the match, you know, the Kinks and Hanari stuff was pretty good. You know, they're having their match in Vegas. Um Tanahashi. Get looking rough. <laughs> it, we, it might be time to put grandpa in the home. I mm. You hate to say it. You hate to see it. He's just, it's rough, man. You know, and then you got Oku, who, I mean, I don't, I don't really get it with Oku as my sister walks in. Hey, Blake, (laughs) what you doing in here? You got any thoughts on this six man? (laughs) Say hey to Jeremy. What's up, Blake? Hey. Look at her. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they've told his story well in RevPro, and they built him up to that British audience that like followed him from the contenders to the uh to the heavyweight title. But for me, as someone who like drops in occasionally, his talent isn't really like jumping off the page for me. Yeah, I feel like he's a guy that they they try really hard with. I think he does have a good fan connection, um, but I just think at to be like a, a world champion at the very like top level, I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, obviously, you know, you, you throw him in there with guys like Will Ospreay and uh, Zack Saber and Ricky Knight Jr., and he's going to have uh, these great matchups uh, and, and look great, but. Some of the matchups where he's not in the ring with those guys don't always pan out, and he just doesn't always hit that top level for me. Yeah, me neither. It, you know, but they got him over with, as the mic's not by my mouth at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they got him over with the British crowd, and, you know, that's good. I just, yeah, I just have not seen it yet. I have not developed that relationship with Michael Oku yet. 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he was fine here. Uh, had the cool Fosbury flop spot. Uh, Tanahashi almost stole his girl. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that later. I had that as a punchline for one of the questions later. Who had the best chemistry on the show? <laughs> Tanahashi and Amira had something going on in that entrance. I felt sparks. Yeah. <laughs> and even the post wonder are walking back to the ramp. Like, Oku had to like pull her faster. So Tanahashi. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, fine matchup here. Uh, Oku rolls up TJP to to get the win. Uh, but, yeah, nothing special here. Um, but that takes us into, you know, what people have been talking about, these these last two big matchups. So, uh, first, we had the Dragon Chingo Takagi defeating the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii 21 minutes and 26 seconds. If you're listening to this show, like unless this is your first show and this is like your intro to New Japan, first of all, welcome. Um, but unless you're one of you're new here, you know what this match was. Mm-hmm. Like it's the strong style showcase, the New Japan traveling match. Like these two could have these this match in their sleep. Um, you know, they were doing it and uh, Shingo hit the made Japan, and I was going to slap three and a half on it because I thought that was a finish. Then it wasn't, and they had an awesome closing stretch. So shame on me for doubting these two. <laughs> um, one of my notes is all caps in bold, that pumping bomber. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like the, the audio was working for that. <laughs> Look, it sounded like the crack of a whip. Like... I was in Chicago for the Danielson Stark strap match. Mm. That lariat sounded like Brian Danielson hitting Ricky Starks with that strap. That was wild. Yeah, that had to be probably one of the loudest sounding pumping bombers ever. Like, I would have been fine if that was the finish because yeah. <laughs> he, he, he knocked Ishii into the spirit realm with, with that one. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, this. They had the awesome closing stretch. Ishii's still Ishii. If I had an Observer Hall of Fame vote, I'd give him one, but I don't. Um, and yeah, I went four and a quarter on this. This was, it was Shingo and Ishii, man. Yeah. It, it's what you expect from these two. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, this was, obviously, yeah, this the Ishii-Shingo formula. These two guys is throwing, throwing chops and lariats, you know, Fighting Spirit kicking out at one, a great spot where, yeah, Shingo kicked out at one after a Lariat, and then Ishii kicked out at one after, I think it was the the, deep, the Death Valley Driver. Just these big moves, uh, you know, the Fighting Spirit comebacks, and just some great stuff. Both of them exchanging the delayed superplexes. Um, yeah, really great stuff. I was a little bit higher on it than you. It was uh, 4.75 for me. I just, I love these guys, and I just, I don't know. It, it was an epic matchup for me. Yeah, when it hits, it hits, and it it hits hard. Yeah, like yeah, Ishii's uh, headbutt towards the end. He killed Shingo with that, and uh, but yeah, Shingo's eventually able to hit the, the last of the dragon, get the pinfall on Ishii. Crowd was into the match the whole time too. Dueling chants for these guys. Yeah, it's the whole atmosphere and energy for this match. It really picked up from everything else we saw on the card. Yeah, and then we had the post match, and we got a. We got a never title match for Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Tamatanga came out, um, challenged Shingo, said, you know, I beat you in G1, and uh, let's do it again kind of thing. And Shingo's like, yeah, let's do it 
in Las Vegas, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So the the match is signed, and I, I know uh, Chris Charlton was saying on commentary that Tamatonga wants to take the title back to you know the you know the BMF title, the the hard hitting title. So what better way to do that than to uh, face off against Shingo? You think we get a title change here? You think you know? Ghetto looks around and says, "I could use a Shingo title match on on the dome." Uh, Let's I'm, see. I mean, if it was me, I, I would do the title change and yeah, have Shingo in a big match on the Tokyo Dome. But you know, uh, Tama just got the belt back, uh, and so maybe they want to try him out in a big spot on the dome. And because I could, I could see Shingo and Suji winning World Tag League possibly. You have yeah. those guys in a tag title match, so we'll see. Yeah, it. I just want Shingo to be doing more, man. That guy's still great. Mm-hmm. That's like I still want him in the world title scene, man. Like it annoys me that it, he isn't, and that it looks like his run will have been during the pandemic. But I just want more for that guy because he's still one of the best wrestlers going right now. Like it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, one of the MVPs during the pandemic era. And I think his world title reign, uh, I think people are not going to give it the credit it deserves because of it being still kind of the clap crowd era. But I thought he was a great world champion, great defenses against guys like Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay. Um, just a, a great world title run. And yeah, I think he's a, definitely a guy that should still be in that title picture or put him in, you know, the never picture, U.S. picture. He's a guy that should always be in big title matches and um, being featured high on the card. Yeah, that's a guy who should have something to do on these big, on like every big show. Yeah, just an incredibly talented guy. So yeah, hopefully, uh, maybe he he wins against Tama, or maybe something else will be set up for him at the Tokyo Dome. And then that leads us into the main event for the IWGP US slash UK heavyweight title. The champion Will Ospreay defeats Zack Sabre Jr. 31 minutes and 19 seconds. Oh, this had big this had a big feel at the start of it. Uh these two work so well together. It's unreal. Um, nothing in wrestling pops me more than an ankle pick into a submission hole. <laughs> like I did, I um, did my Brock Lesnar retrospective for VoicesOfWrestling.com. I watched a lot of Kurt Angle matches, never got sick of it. <laughs> and so Saber here, he countered the handspring kick by catching the ankle and turning it into a crab. That it popped me out of my chair every time. Uh, the pin encounters these guys had for each other was crazy. Osprey countering the European clutch every time. And then the, the those two just turning it into a scramble was fantastic. Charlton described it on commentary as uh, these two trying to catch smoke. Mm. Yeah, it this was just a great main event. I love the arm work from Sabre. Osprey fighting through it and... You, you know, getting those hidden blades and winning with the Stormbreaker. Thought this was an excellent main event for this show. I went four and a half on it. Nice. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, these guys know each other so well, and they did such a, a great job and a very creative job at countering even some of their small stuff into into big counters. And 
Obviously, I love the uh, the hidden blade counter into the arm bar from uh, Zack Saber. Uh, and it's just stuff like that, uh, the, that reverse nightmare thing from the corner Saber did. Like, there's just a lot of very clever, um, creative counters. Like, they were scouting each other. Even the small stuff, like you mentioned, like the European clutch and stuff. All the big moves, uh, you know, Zach countered out of the Stormbreaker several times. You know, Osprey was escaping out of submissions. These guys just going back and forth, and obviously the selling was great. Like you mentioned, the arm work on on Will by Zach, and then Will kind of working over the midsection of Zach Saber um, until he could finally get him up for that last um, Stormbreaker. Yeah, incredible matchup. Yeah, they had me earlier on because Osprey hit. The Hidden Blade and the Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that can't be it, right? And then <laughs> Saber kicked out. I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah, because yeah, people rarely kick out of that combo, the Hidden Blade, Stormbreaker combo. Yeah. And um, yeah, Zach at one point hit the, hit the Zach Driver, which has been pretty protected for him as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of great near falls uh, on their big moves. Um, Osprey hit the, uh, the Leap of Faith which is um, that spiral twist inside the ring, which he's been using yeah. as a finisher. Uh, he used it several times in the G1 and kind of leading up into G1. So that was another great false finish. Uh, yeah, crowd obviously really into the match. Lots of songs for both of these guys. And yeah, they went out there and absolutely killed it. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I had some uh, questions here uh, from Wukong901. It says, Royal Quest 3 was a fun watch for the most part. I was rather surprised with the amount of empty chairs of Osprey and Saber main eventing. What do you guys think about the future when it comes to NJPW and running shows in Britain? With the looming situation of Osprey's contract status, how do you think it'll pan out in the future? Well, uh, you know, assume like you know, if we're gonna assume that like those guys are leaving, uh, you know, it's gonna be tough because having two of the best British wrestlers on your roster helps to draw in Britain, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, they still have that pipeline there and they still have British talent on the shows. You have, you know, Gabe Kidd, you've got Drilla Maloney, you've got access to these guys. And then, you know, as New Japan moves further away from the pandemic, the idea is that they'll continue rising back in, like, rising back in rank in, you know, the Western you know, in the West, in the English-speaking part of the world. Um, but yeah, it'll be a little bit harder without those guys. So maybe they don't do, uh, you know, maybe they don't do the uh, the copper box anymore. Or, you know, you got to give them world title matches. You got to give them, like, big-time stuff to be able to pull it off. So Yeah, I mean, this, if they really wanted to beat this card up, yeah, you, you could have thrown... A world title match on there. You you could have had more tag title match, more defenses, less of like the random six man kind of stuff, and made it a, a more like a level New Japan show. Yeah, the uh, main event of the first Royal Quest was Okada Suzuki. You know, Suzuki was you know he was, I think that was his last title challenge, but it was still a match that you know meant something to the British crowd. I. There are a lot of people who I think would still call that match the best match to ever happen in in England. So, you know, New Japan has the talent to, like, still get New Japan fans to come to their shows in England. It just may not be the British talent for a little while until they can develop that next crop of, you know, top-tier guys 
Yeah, like you mentioned too, I think being a few months from the anniversary show too in the same building in the Kyra Box with a lot of New Japan guys were on that show as well. So kind of coming back to the same area, same arena, only a few months away. Uh, I thought they did pretty good though for for drawing in that situation. Yeah, a thousand less than uh, the weekend of the biggest, you know, the most the most tickets sold of all time. <laughs> Did you see Osprey with the sign after? Yeah, somebody brought he had the, sign. <laughs> <laughs> the sign with uh, today's attendance eighty one thousand thirty five. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I was wondering why they were so specific with that wording at Wembley, and well, we figured out why. <laughs> we sold eighty one thousand tickets. Yeah, and then, maybe eighty-one thousand people didn't show up. Hey, we sold them. Yeah, and you get the turnstile count, the the comp count, who was uh, there, who was not there. <laughs> I I when I went off on this in the Voice of the Wrestling Discord earlier today, but AEW might be the most over scrutinized company in the history of wrestling, due to just the world it like was built in Mm -hmm. it yeah like were we talking about turnstile counts in 98 i don't know (laughs) yeah man there's a lot of people who you know have grown up with just wwe and them being the big show in town and you know people are just not used to having another promotion that's on that level that's strong big I, i i went to all in and i was on the airport getting ready to head home and some guy was like, oh, nice shirt. Um, you know, that was a nice show, but it wasn't no WrestleMania. They didn't do 100,000. It's like, like, bro, <laughs> come like, they don't have 100,000 seats. Like, it's like people who argue with you about the WrestleMania three number. They can't fit that many chairs on the floor. <laughs> they can't fit 12,000 on the floor. They did not outdraw the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to see it. What? How much people just believe anything that WWE throws out there, and then when you when you hit them with the facts and and the research, they're like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, you know, they don't really have any reason to question it. Like they don't look into it. It's just you know, it is what it is. They're kind of unaware. Yeah, you know, they don't mean to be, but they are. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. He says, I know Osprey is pretty much sure to be leaving. So do you find surprising that he's winning all the big feature matchups this year? Is it because he's able to get his opponents over in defeat because there is hope for a future working relationship or something else? Um, I think it's smart on New Japan's part. You know, you still have Osprey under contract and you know when he might be leaving. You know, it's not even done yet that he is leaving. So until then, you can use them to his fullest potential, you know, sell shows like this, use them on the big events. And then if that last day comes, hey, have somebody ready to get the belt off of them, get that big scalp and go on about your day. You know, that's that's how they did things in the territories. You know, guys would have six month runs, get pushed for five, lose on the way out. So New Japan gets the best of Osprey. Osprey still gets these big man events. He gets these dream matches. You know, they you know, New Japan makes that um 
that Marafuji match happen. They give them all sorts of stuff, and everybody wins. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, man, he he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, especially this year. And yeah, I think it would make New Japan look, look kind of goofy if they had him just losing all, all these matches when you know how great he is. He's a top star. He's he's a draw. So yeah, why would you kill that while you while you have him? And I think also yeah, you, you continue to build him up until you know for sure that he's leaving. And then yeah, you have somebody there, a young guy, maybe it's a Suji or Umino or somebody like that, that, that beats him, sends him on the way out. And then they get, they get elevated by beating him coming off his hot streak. You know, uh, it's a thing WWE does a ton where it's like, you're leaving in six months. Well, you're jobbing for six months. And it's like, that's silly. You've got the guy for six months. (laughs) You can do whatever you want with him. You can milk him for all he's worth and then get rid of him. Like, it's it's a silly line of thought, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, WWE, I'll see there, they're very worried about where the guy's going to go after the contract. They want to so. devalue him before he gets there, but that's to their own detriment. Like, you can make money with him while he's here. Right, and we know that AEW and New Japan are working together, so if yeah. Will does jump, obviously there is a possibility of him coming back. Obviously, there'll be Forbidden Door. He'll still yeah. be very much linked to the company. United Empire with Aussie Open and AEW, that's kind of floating between both companies now. So he'll definitely probably still have some kind of presence in New Japan. So yeah, why devalue him? Why why beat him like that? Right. Um, the next question here from Les Commission 7252. One thing I recognized from the pay-per-view last Monday was the Chris chemistry from the special matches that mattered on the show. I even believe that Tangelo and Chase Owens had good chemistry. Who on this night had the best chemistry? I would have to go with Tama and Finley. For me... Now, is he talking about uh, this show or was he talking about uh, Destruction? So I think he was. He said last Monday. Yeah. So I think destruction. He said he knows a lot of chemistry there and was wondering who had the most okay. chemistry on this show. On this one, yeah. okay. Um, I mean, I thought it was like Osprey and Saber. Those two just did not miss a beat with each other. They were, you know, they were zigging, they were zagging, they were always on the right page, and that's just from you know a decade of working like in the same places and around each other and working with each other. So yeah, I think it was Osprey and Saber. Yeah, I would go with that. I mean, like I mentioned, just some of the counters that they did, like you you can't do that stuff if you don't have chemistry and and not to mess up or slip up or be off beat. Like they are just in sync the whole time. And the wrestling was so fluid. Uh, So yeah, definitely those guys, you could, I would also argue to Shingo and Ishii, I mean, those guys have wrestled, what, like six, seven, eight times now, and every time it's great, and they don't miss a beat either. Uh, let's see, next question here, Def Triangle 720 says, do you think New Japan uh, did themselves a disservice by having pointless matches on big cards just to fill in time than just having a shorter card? Uh, I remember, like, it was the tail end of the era where New Japan would have these stacked one-night cards for, like, a destruction or a power struggle or, like, um, you know, whatever the May tour is, Dantaku. Mm-hmm. They would have just, like, these big one-night cards with all the title matches. They'd have special singles matches. It would be just bang, 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 bang. Big match, big match, big match. And 
you know, the demand for shows grew and New Japan was growing. So they figured, hey, why put this all on one show when we could put it on three? So they would spread them out. You know, a show with seven title matches became three shows with like the junior titles on one, mid card titles on another, heavyweight on the third. You know, it, I think that style gives us more great matches because they aren't like, you know, in each other's way. They aren't eating up time on the same show. But I do miss that rapid fire, like those show of the year contenders. Because that was, it would be insane. You'd have like seven big matches on one show and they'd all deliver to an extent. Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely uh, sometimes miss that era where, yeah, you had like the single big show. But like you mentioned, yeah, that they grew and had the the ability to do two Tokyo Domes and two Destructions and, and wherever, three Destructions and wherever, and kind of spread the cards out. Um, I feel like for a show like this, it's kind of hard when it's kind of placed right after, um, you know, Destruction Ria Goku, one of the big shows they had there. So I think some of the timing kind of came off here, but. I think for the, you know, the UK fans, you know, they don't always see these New Japan guys that often. Um, so I think for them, it's kind of a treat if you, you load the card up, even if it is some of these multi-man matches, just so that they can see some of these guys. Um, but also, yeah, I, I get it from like a viewing standpoint, you know, we kind of went through the, the, the first, you know, eight matches of this card and we're like, yeah, you know, it was fine. Three stars. And then you get, you finally get to like, you know, Ishii Shingo and Osprey Sabre. Uh, but it, it kind of is what it is in the, in the schedule. Yeah. Um, and then question here from Matty T says, Royal Quest 3 was really fun live, even if the crowd did seem a little subdued in parts, especially in the baggy middle matches. I don't feel that any of the Brett, Brett Rest talent put in a strong showing to earn a call-up. Did anyone put up, put themselves in your on your radar? Uh, I thought Kai and Slater did pretty well, you know, for their res- respective ages. Um, Robbie X, also, he impressed me uh, as well. I wouldn't mind him coming over for a tour and seeing how he fits in with the New Japan roster. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty much it for me. Like, Oku I know of and a lot of people like. Um, but yeah, I thought those three guys, having not seen them before this show, I thought those guys were uh, were impressive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably the same guys for me. Yeah, Leon Slater, that guy's incredible. His match with Osprey a few months ago was insane, and I think he's definitely a guy you could bring into a Super Juniors maybe next year. Uh, Robbie X, another guy you could bring into Super Juniors. Um, Luke Jacobs, I think, is really good. He didn't show everything he had in, in the Suji match, but if you go back and watch the Ishii match, you'll, you'll see what he's kind of made of. So I think he's a guy that can get some more seasoning, and he could be uh, good. And I think he's a guy that people uh, should be watching. And uh, so after the the post match and the Osprey Saber match, we had Shota Umino coming out uh, and challenging Will Osprey. He tells Will to bring both the U.S. and U.K. belts, and seems like this match is going to happen at Power Struggle. Seems like this is leading to the uh, rumored return of the IC title. Uh, yeah, and then Umino also, uh, Osprey then said, asked Umino that if he wants that match, he wants his boy Okan booked against John Moxley. So, those two matches lining up that uh, being made there, 
Uh, that makes me think they might have something on the books for the dome. Yeah, all signs could be pointing to a Osprey Mox rematch. Yeah, or if you need something for Umino and Narita to fight for, and Osprey and Mox doesn't really need a belt, maybe you put that belt on Umino and have your two musk, two of your three Musketeers in a big showcase match. I would expect Osprey and Mox to have the t- title in it just because of how New Japan's structured and like where that match would place on the card as opposed to Umino and Narita. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to discount that possibility either. Yeah, I think it'd be a great way to to elevate Umino finally beating Will. I believe this will probably be I think this will be like the third time he'll be facing Will, so to finally beat him and you know, unify the belts, bring back the IC title, I think would be a cool Thing for him, and then he yeah, had that big match with Narita on Tokyo Dome, really elevate both those guys. And yeah, Mox and Osprey are two big stars that you don't necessarily need the title for that. Um, so yeah, that could be your special singles match, big match that will draw the Western fans. Yeah. All right, so now we're gonna shift gears over to Super Junior Tag League. So this tournament's gonna kick off this weekend, October 21st, at the start of the Road to Power Struggle Tour, and the finals will take place on November 4th at Power Struggle. So we got a single block tournament here. Had the uh, teams announced this past week. Uh, We'll go through each team and we'll uh, give our thoughts on what we think about the teams here. Um, So first, we have uh, a new team here of Yo and Musashi from Michinoku Pro. So Leo Rush is out and they they were teasing a, a mystery opponent for Yo all week. Then Yo makes a surprise uh, visit to Michinoku Pro, and during the intermission, he invited Musashi to form a team of him for Super Junior Tag League, and they have a, a history as uh, amateur wrestlers in high school, so they've been friends for a while, they have some chemistry, and so it's going to be a fresh debut entry here for Super Junior Tag League. Well, I know you've been keeping up with your Michinoku Pro tapes, Jeremy, <laughs> so do they make tape anymore? Oh, honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I looked up Musashi. He was on the Junior Festival uh, in Japan. Um, I I don't know anything about the guy. I I do wish this was Leo Rush. I feel bad that he missed the uh, Destruction show. Uh, yeah, you know, wish it was Leo, but I'll give uh, Musashi a chance. Yo's kind of grown on me since uh since the uh, best of super juniors. I thought he had a really good tournament. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this team works. I don't think they're gonna be, I don't think they're gonna be dying to do much with a Michinoku Pro guy. But you know, Yo had a hookup, and now you know they can fill out the field. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Musashi looked good at the the Junior Festival, um, and I've, I've heard a lot of rave reviews about him. He's like the top guy, Michinoku Pro. So, uh, always great to get a you know a great fresh face and a new guy that's talented. And so, yeah, I'm interested to see how him and Yo are going to work together. Like you said, yeah, I would definitely wish it was Leo Rush. I feel like that Leo Rush and Yo tag team has been great, and they kind of bring out the best in each other. So yeah, hopefully this you know past friendship of chemistry here will be great for Yo Musashi, and we'll get some uh, great stuff from them. Uh, so second team here, the Intergalactic Jet Setters, Kushida and Kevin Knight. This is their second entry, second consecutive appearance. 
Boy, Kushida doesn't matter anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah. That guy is eating pins left and right. Didn't do anything in Super Juniors this year. The total non-factor now. Yeah, the, the booking of Kushida since coming back to New Japan has been very weird. Um, I know he had the whole thing with the hand, foot, and mouth disease, but since then, it's just been, yeah, it stuck him in this tag team with Kevin Knight, and then... Uh, I mean, they did win the junior tag titles, but that was a short run. Like you mentioned, Super Juniors losing a lot. Yeah, it's been a, kind of a, a weird way to book a guy that used to be the ace of the junior division. Yeah, it. Uh, I I'm excited to see Kevin Knight get more reps. I think he's got a very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. But, Literally, uh, how, than, how high he jumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll jump through the ceiling, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I I don't really see them doing much. I think they had that title reign to, like, establish themselves as a team. Maybe they're in the mix at the end, but I, I, I don't think they're going to be winning it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win either, but yeah, I could definitely see the, as former champions and one of the more established teams in this field, I could see them making it being alive towards the, the last few days. Uh, the next team here, we have a debut entry team of Risque, Gucci, and the DKC. So Rocky wasn't making this tour, huh? <laughs> Hey man, Rock is uh, traveling all over the place. He's he's winning MLW hey. titles. He's gonna face uh, Mystico on Rampage. He don't he don't got time for tag league. Sold a thousand tickets uh, after that Mystico announcement. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, big stuff. But that and your uh, Flair Thez Award. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, will they score a point? Maybe. Will the DKC get a pin? We'll see. Like this is the team's gonna end up at the bottom of the block. So you know, it's about it. Yeah, also, you know, Taguchi in this uh stage in his career is not really <laughs> giving us much, uh besides, you know, shoving things up his butt. <laughs> so I did appreciate Taguchi this year in Super Juniors playing it straight. Yeah, that, that like, was he good. played it yeah, he played it straight. He had a couple notebook matches. Then um, at he had that last match with Kushida where they were both desperate for points, and he got the win with his butt out. <laughs> like it popped me at the end that he, he is the spot he always does. It popped me because he saved it for the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DKC, I feel kind of bad for him. I feel like he was really picking up some momentum on the weekly strong shows, and then those went away, and he's kind of. Um, been on some lower spots of some of the bigger strong pay-per-view shows I've done this year uh, I think he's really good but he's had, had a time to get more reps and really uh, be in Japan so I think this will be a good tour for him but unfortunately he's, he's teamed up with Taguchi here <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know how well the white guy doing karate in Japan is going to go <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see <Yeah>. maybe <laughs> maybe if he gets the uh, Daniel LaRusso haircut they might buy it but yeah. that'd be stepping in a uh, speedballs territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next team, another debut entry: El Desperado and Master Watto. So this team coming together after the uh, best of seven between Strong Style and Team Nagata, which ended in a three-three and one draw. Yeah. So we got the Umino Narita team. We might get the Suzuki Nagata team. 
And we got this team here. Uh, it's interesting. I don't see them winning it, but, you know, they've earned each other's respect. They're going to be, you know, you know, they're two good wrestlers, so I figure they can have some good tag matches here. Yeah. It's an interesting look here. Yeah, that's be a top guy in the division. Uh, Watto did win Super Junior this year, and a lot of people have forgotten that. <laughs> I legit forgot until you just said that. I watched that whole tour. <laughs> like I, like if you asked me who won, I would have been able to tell you. I just did not. It didn't click with me that oh yeah, he is the Super Junior winner. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they remember that and book him like that in this tournament. So, as being- oh, they might win this. <laughs> yeah being two top guys and i don't think either of them will be in the title picture for tokyo dome so that would be a good spot if they win to have them uh challenge war dogs uh let's see next team here doki and takamichi noku from just five guys another debut entry here i uh taka got the pin at uh the kobe show and I popped out of my chair for it. I was like, Taka, score and fall. Yeah, I'm like, let's they're go. They're heating them up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they're going to be at the bottom of the block, too. Um, yeah, I like Dookie. They don't, you know, he's not doing much right now, but I like him. But Taka is, he's going to be counting all these lights. Yeah, Taka, one of the, the ultimate uh, pin eaters. Uh, but yeah, they'll have some fun matches. And yeah, Doki always goes out there and kills himself, does all these crazy dives all over the place. So they'll be fun to watch, but definitely yeah, I don't see them scoring uh, many points. <laughs> uh, the next up, we have Bushi and Teton. This is their second entry, second consecutive. So uh, And they were uh, pretty high up in the rankings last year. Uh, I hope Teton gets some shine this year. He did... He exceeded my expectations in super juniors i i did like a roundup of like the first week of super juniors and in it i wrote that uh yeah teton's still in it but he's not winning Mm. and then he went on to win the block and be in the final and have an incredible just last three matches in that tournament so that guy i think he's got himself over in japan I hope they give him something here. I think they will. Problem is, he's teaming with Bushi. And <laughs> Bushi, I don't know. Can he do, can he like bring it at all? I I hope. He'll bring some great masks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll look good. He'll look cool. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, like you, I was definitely impressed with Teton's performance in Super Juniors. I, I feel like every year he's been in New Japan, he gets better and better. And I think yeah, he really elevated his star presence with yeah those last few matches in Super Juniors and, the, and that final with Master Watto. And these guys being LIJ, I think that they will once again kind of have a, a good uh, standing here and a shot to potentially get into the finals. Then the 17th, we have the Ichiban Sweet Boys of Robbie Eagles and Kosei Vegeta of TMDK. Keep an eye on Fujita here. Because last year in this tournament, Kevin, uh, it was Kushida and Black Tights young boy, young lion, Kevin Knight. And then in the middle of the tour, Kevin Knight graduated. He got his gear. They were a team. Uh, I don't think they got their name until later, but they were a team. Kushida was teaming with the guy on the roster. 
Yeah. And then Fujita, they clearly like him because they put him in a unit already. So, you know, if Fujita's got gear, don't say I didn't tell you. Yeah, and this uh, past month, he's been in Australia with Robbie Eagle. Ichiban Sweet Boys have been touring all over Australia, tag teaming together. So they've been picking up wins there, building some momentum, building some chemistry. So, yeah, this could be a situation where, like, first match, maybe Fujita's, like, new gear graduated and he, he's back full time. Yeah, they've talked about, you know, speeding up the Young Lion process. You got, you know, Fujita over in Australia. You got... Uh, who was it that went to Noah that came back for the TV um, title shot? Uh, well, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, uh, Oiwa. Oiwa, yeah. So they just, like, he, he didn't even leave the country. He's just working Noah shows. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Fujita's, like, full-fledged roster member now. Yeah, and I think that would be great. He Guy's great, and, yeah, they talked about, he mentioned speeding up the process, so... Let's get him in the mix. Robbie's a great guy for him to be teamed up with. And I think, yeah, there'll be a fun team to watch in this tournament. Imagine you, Yamura, spending two years in Impact. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fujita spends three months in Australia, and he's, <laughs> he's back already. <laughs> uh, uh, next team here, former IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, Catch 2-2. TJP and Francesco Akira, their second entry, second consecutive. These two are the best team that don't like team that much. Like they came together in like the middle of what, 21? Yeah, I think 22? so. Yeah. 20, yeah, 21, 22, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. And they like, they would have been a tag team of the year contender if they were like teaming that whole year. Mm-hmm. Their run has been great. They haven't teamed. They haven't tagged since the Philly double shot with Impact. Uh, and before then, they hadn't teamed since the Independence Day show. So it's like three times in three months. So I'm excited to see them in this tag league because I think those two are a phenomenal t- pair together. Which is crazy because they hadn't. They had barely been in the ring before they teamed up and won the tag titles. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought their tag title run was great. They were so close to, to breaking the junior tag reign defense uh, in length. And, yeah, they came together quickly. Great chemistry. They had a great super junior tag league last year. So, yeah, I think they'll be definitely one of the top teams to watch here. I think they'll have great matches with a lot of the teams in this field. And like you mentioned, yeah, there are one of the teams, like, for Forbidden Door, you know, you're, you're willing um, Okada Omega. I want to will catch 2-2 versus Young Bucks. Mm, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I think that would be great. And so, yeah, these guys are um, a great team, former champions, and had a great match in the Tokyo Dome last year against Leo Rush and Yo. So I expect them to be potential winners here. Then, uh, second to last team, we have the Bullet Club War Dogs, the current IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. This will be their debut entry. It's Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. All right, so they aren't winning because they're the champs in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So looking at the list, who could they lose to? Uh, I could see Despi and Watto. I can see Catch 2-2. Maybe Bushi and Teton if you want a new challenger team. But I just said Despi and Watto. They'd be new because they've never teamed before. Mm-hmm. So... 
you know, looking at it, I can see two or three teams that could knock them out of the final. It just, it just depends on who they pick. Yeah, and they kind of a uh, personal rivalry with Catch 2-2. They took the belts off of them, and that was kind of a heated feud there leading into the Independence Day show. So, yeah, you could kind of restoke the flames there with that rivalry, and then you know they just beat the, the Jet Setters. You could have them get a win back. And, you know, with these single-block tournaments, a lot of times the anybody who loses to the, to the champ or beats the champs, they get thrown in the match too, and you end up getting a multi-three-way, four-way sometimes. Um, and then the last team up here, Sho and Yoshinobu Kanamaru from the House of Torture. This is going to be uh, their debut entry. Uh, I popped for the Kanamaru turn. Uh, who knew you couldn't trust a guy who called himself the heel master? <laughs> but yeah, I'm not very excited about this because now he's in House of Torture. Yeah, so he's going to uh, crank up his ink. Ang- Antics up, you know, we're going to be seeing probably a lot more uh, spitting of the the whiskey and whiskey bottle shenanigans. Yeah. So not looking forward to any of their matchups. They'll probably be the low end on uh, any of the nights here. Uh, They have some questions here. Uh, Def Triangle 720 says, with the Super Junior Tag League being the most stacked it's been in years, who should win the tournament or would be better to have a four way for the titles at Wrestle Kingdom? I don't really prefer a four-way. Like, it wouldn't shock me. They haven't done it in a while because they they haven't really had the depth of team. It's been 2v2 or they had the three-way like a couple years ago. But, yeah, it wouldn't shock me, but it would disappoint me. Just pick a team and go with it. Uh, My pick, yeah, my pick would be Catch-2-2. My hope is that it's Catch-2-2. I have my dark horse pick, though, would be Eagles and Fujita if Fujita graduates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the old playbook used to be yeah, the three-way, four-way tags. Last year, they did a straight-up tag with Leo Rush and Yo against uh, Catch-2-2. So, yeah, I hope that they do that. I think, yeah, two-versus-two is a lot better than throwing in three, four teams, especially if those teams <laughs> lost in the tag league. Um, so yeah, I think catch two, two for me is probably the team I'm looking at winning. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Desperado and Watto end up winning. I'm pretty sure the young bucks, red dragon, forever hooligans and time splitters wrestled each other maybe 50 times <laughs> those combos. Yeah. And, but they were great every time though. <laughs> they were, they were awesome. Like we'd complain like, God, these guys again, and then they have like a four and a quarter star match. Yes. <laughs> uh, next question here from Rambo and Slam Pigs is: Do you think the lack of outside participants in the Super Junior Tag League is surprising or to be expected given the one block format? I'm not too surprised. Like they can fill out a Super Junior, they can fill out like a best of the Super Juniors with this uh, group. Um, you know. You have your pin eaters like Taka and Taguchi in there. Uh, Musashi's a bit of a surprise because I didn't know that guy existed until (laughs) he popped up here. But, you know, they could fill out a tournament with their juniors. And, you know, I think anybody expecting like an AEW team or whatnot to like fill these things out, like, you know, I'm sure like it's always tough with AEW involvement because 
there are people who treat New Japan like it's AEW developmental. <laughs> like they're trying to sell tickets here and develop their own talent, but you know, it's you know, and I'm sure Tony Khan doesn't want to lose a bunch, you know, his talent for two or three weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. You know, if Dante Martin's ankle was pointed the right way, <laughs> would Top Flight have been in this? I would have liked it, but it isn't, so they aren't. Yeah. Also, too, this uh, league is happening as a part of, like, the Road to Power Struggle Tour, so it's, like, not, like, a quote-unquote, like, big tour. Like, the big the big show on this tour is going to be the last the Power Struggle show, so it's not like yeah. you want to bring in a bunch of outsiders such a, such a smaller part of the tour. Yeah, you're not bringing in a bunch of outsiders to have, uh, you know, the semi-main event about in Osaka. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, next question here from Raising Falcon says, if it wasn't for the podcast, would you guys really bother watching the Super Junior Tag League? They should just do away with this tournament. Nah, I mean, it's another tour for the juniors. Like, it's not at the top of my list, but I'm more interested than usual after I thought, they had a great Super Juniors tournament this year. I think 2023 is going to be one of those sentimental tournaments for me because I thought this year's tournament was fantastic. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm more interested in it than usual. Gives the juniors some more work. And, you know, I think uh, New Japan has done some, put some effort into uh, these tag divisions since the pandemic because – these tag like if this was 2018, I would have been like, "Amen, brother, get rid of this." <laughs> but they've they've put some work in. Like it was, you know, a new it was a real weak spot for New Japan, and they've cured that up. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really good teams in this tournament. When you look at the resumes, like you mentioned, uh, Catch Two Two. Uh, you look at the the War Dogs, uh, Bushi and Teton, Eagles and Fujita. Like there's a lot of really great guys, uh, Despy and Wato. There's going to be some really good matches. I think there's just going to be a lot of stuff that hits, you know, the, the notebook. And it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. You know, you can skip the undercard, go straight to the tournament matches. I, th- I think it'll be a fun watch. I think tournaments, like, for a lot of people, like, they see the list of names and they don't see, like, the top end as much as they see the bottom end. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that was the case for G1 this year where, you know, they had a lot of, like, talent at the top. But then you see, like, you know, the TMDK uh, tag guys. You see, um, you know, just the bottom of the roster there, and you're thinking, oh, God. But, you know, those guys aren't really going to be, like, higher than second on the card. So, you know, you skip those, get through it, and, you know, you'll there'll be some, there'll be some gold in these hills. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last uh, question here from uh, MJSPR. It says, what tag matchups are you both looking forward to? Uh, Catch 2-2 versus Eagles and Fujita. That, circle that one, because I think that could be fantastic. Yeah, TJP and Eagles had uh, a really great match, if I remember, from Super Juniors. They had some great chemistry, so yeah, that should be fun. Um Basically every catch two two match that isn't the House of Torture match. Yeah. <laughs> just have that circle. Um Eagles and Fujita, they're gonna be a team I keep an eye on because I think like Fujita's like really good already. And then I love Robbie Eagles. Um Despian Watto. I'll see how that works out. 
and then everything else, you know, we'll we'll pick and choose. I'll give Yo and uh, Musashi a chance. Yeah, I think there's a potential to have a lot of good matches here. But yeah, catch two two. They're probably going to be the MVPs. I, I think them and uh, Bushi and Teton will be one to look out for as well. Um, he also asked thoughts on El Watarato. <laughs> Um, you know, I like it. It's a nice use of the uh of a couple guys that you know you didn't really have partners for and yeah, nice use of those guys. They might win this thing. I'm not sure if they will, but you know, it's possible. Yeah, I think there's definitely they're a team to look out for considering their their standings in the singles division division in the junior division, so I would definitely circle them, and I think it'll be a fun team. I think it'll be, you know, a, a can they coexist that will actually work out. Um, and so we have the the first night of the Super Junior Tag League coming up this weekend, October 21st. So the card, we got Narita, Umino, and Yuto Nakashima taking on Callum Newman, Great Okan Hanare, Oleg Bolton and Oscar Lube taking on Sonata and Yuya Yuomura. Gato and Taiji Ishimori taking on Hiromu Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito. Catch 2-2 will take on Ichiban Sweet Boys. We'll have the Intergalactic, Intergalactic Jet Setters taking on Just Five Guys, Doki and Taka. We'll have Taguchi and DKC versus Desperado and Wato. We'll have the Bullet Club War Dogs taking on Musashi and Yo. And then the main event will be Bushi and Teton taking on Sho and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I don't know why that's the main event, but, <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like with, um, looking like G1 where like, you kind of question, like, why are certain matches the main event and some aren't? Uh, I, I definitely probably would have main evented with Catch 2-2 and uh, Ichiban Sweet Boys here, but it is what it is. Hikuleo and Sonata? That's how we're starting this thing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, going to transition into some uh, news items here. Um, so this past week, NJPW and Stardom had their joint business strategy uh, presentation. Uh, they announced that Stardom will be running an event on January 4th prior to Wrestle Kingdom 18. Uh, the show will be headlined by IWGP Women's Championship match, uh, which the current champion is Mayu Iwatani. The event will take place in Tokyo Dome City Hall. Uh, Stardom noted that tickets will be made easily available for overseas fans, uh, and Stardom wrestlers won't be a part of the Wrestle Kingdom 18 card. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's funny that last year they gave them five minutes, and this year they're like, okay, just get us in, and we'll we'll do our show before yours. <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah, this whole kind of layout, rollout of you know a quote-unquote women's division in New Japan is just not... Worked out really well. <laughs> they wanted to get the Sasha stands watching Wrestle Kingdom, and they did. I laugh at the thought of them watching that Anoki uh, Six Tribute Six Man <laughs> from the from the pre-show. <laughs> like, look at these old men go. Like, that was very funny. Yeah, dude, I was. But, yeah, I watched it live, and yeah, seeing the Sasha stands being like, "Who are these old guys? Like, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> they can go." Like, <laughs> About Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have much thoughts on like stardom itself. I'm like 
Stardom's one of my blind spots. Joshi's one of my blind spots. Um, you know, they made this title for Sasha. You know, Sasha had it. They made the strong title for Sasha. Well, Mercedes. I keep Mercedes. Money. <laughs> um, and well, she broke her ankle. So it is what it is. Yeah. Now they've got a belt and they don't really know what to do with it. And they have two belts. <laughs> don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like the times when they would throw on starter matches as kind of, you know, dark matches or part of like the openers. But I think it's totally fine for them to have their own thing. They have their own fan base. And I, I think just kind of giving them their own show will be uh, the, probably the right move for them. Yeah. Ghetto made it clear like, okay, it you're here. We're doing our own thing. We'll give you some, we'll give you like an opener or something. Yeah. Like he made it clear, like this was not a priority to him. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is better. I don't think this will like pacify anybody. Like the people who will complain will complain. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I'd like to see their credit card charges because I don't think you see a stardom world uh, charge on there, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, they also announced the at the presentation another joint uh, New Japan Stardom show is coming soon. Um, the, the show is tentatively titled Historic Crossover Two, which will take place in 2024. Uh, they also, um, yeah, I don't think they need to do much more thinking about that title. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, just. Yeah. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also announced that uh, New Japan Stardom are partnering with other promotions from Asia to create the Asia Pacific Pro Wrestling Alliance, which is going to be a big that's focus to uh, grow wrestling in Asia. That's interesting. Um, you know, WWE's been poking around in Japan again. So, you know, New Japan and Stardom keeping their eyes out, trying to be strong in the face of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> yeah, um, and Abari has... KG, I was going to say KG Muto leading that Trojan horse in with that bag <laughs> of money he's got. Yeah. <laughs> you can trust uh, these that, guys. <laughs> that jerk. Uh, but yeah, Abari mentioned, yeah, wanted to expand wrestling other parts of Asia. Um, so yeah, it's going to be part of strategy. Should should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun to see these spot shows. I heard New Japan's doing a, a show in Taiwan next year. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yeah, maybe there's some hidden talent there. Yeah, we'll see. I like wrestling in different places. Wrestling in places that don't usually have it. Yeah. Um, then we had some announcements for Power Struggle. So we're going to have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Hiromu Takahashi will defend against Taiji Ishimori. Uh, we'll have the never open weight six man titles on the line. Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada defending against TMDK, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, and Zack Sabre Jr. Yomura and Sonata will take on Suji and Naito, and then we'll have the Super Junior Tag League finals. Um, interested to see how that junior heavyweight title match goes. I think Hiromu's winning, but I'm interested in seeing like who, like, what's his dome match. Because like, he's beaten a lot of guys. Like, is Leo? Like, are they gonna get Leo back for the dome? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a great spot to bring Leo in. I feel like he built up a lot of momentum 
going into that three way. Um, so that he be, might have been winning it. It's, yeah, it's possible. Uh, so that would be cool. Or if there's some other, maybe a, a bigger outsider. I know Hiromu has wrestled a lot of guys in different promotions this year. Maybe they can bring in um, some big junior. I don't know who exactly that would be, but somebody big for him to have a big Tokyo Dome match. Um, yeah, and Hiromu's not in Super Junior Tag League, so there's nobody that could like pin him and get a title shot later. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're definitely get like a, a post match angle alert here. Somebody, either a video package or somebody coming out and challenging him afterwards. Yeah, something big's happening there. Um, six man tag titles. I'm interested to see this finish because is it like I don't think they're gonna bother like defending the belt at the dome. Like they just they'll just do it on like they'll do it the next night at Dash. But Okada being a six man champ at the dome, like that just sounds weird. Yeah. Like, Okada's going to be doing something big at the Dome, I feel, because, you know, it's Okada. I don't think it's going to be a six-man. So, will they put the belt on TNDK? I mean, they're they're a good trio. Yeah, I mean... And then... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, if you, if you want to get the belts off of, of Tanahashi, Okada, and Ishii, I feel like this is, yes, yeah, a great trio. You could easily have Zach, I think, beat Ishii or Tanahashi in this match. Yeah. And then, or, well, unless you want Ishii to get, like, his win back on Sabre, because I think they pinned them before Destruction to earn this shot. That, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it'll be interesting to see uh, Yuya and Suji in the ring together. Yeah. That's going to be their first time against each other, I think. Yeah, since coming back from Excursion. Yeah, I think that'll be, also, I think, the bigger highlight than seeing Naito and Sonata in there. Yeah, yeah, you said it. <laughs> uh, Can you tell I'm not excited for that match? Yeah, I, have I, I been masking that? <laughs> well, you're right there for a lot of the fan base. I, I don't think, besides like the you know the Lij sickos, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that are really looking forward to Sonata Naito. Yeah, but there's a lot of those Lij sickos, so I can't blame them. Yeah. But yeah, Suji and Yamura, that should definitely be interesting. And, and you know, maybe that will spark something for them at the Tokyo Dome. Possibly. Possibly. Um, then we had uh, four new matches announced for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. We're going to have... This card looks wild. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so... It's kind of like random matches here. Uh, so strong openweight tag team titles. You got ELP and Hikaleo defending against Monster Sauce, Lance Archer, and Alex Zane. Uh, another team up here of Sonata and Yuromoro will take on Naito and Hiromu. And then there's going to be a strong open weight championship number one contenders match with Jeff Cobb, Satoshi Kojima, Alex Coughlin, and Fred Rosser. And then, That's so awesome. <laughs> Kojima <laughs> in a four-way. They, they hit random on uh, on uh, WrestlePro or uh, what's the game? Um, Fire Pro. Yeah, Fire Pro. Yeah, they hit random on Fire Pro for that four-way. Uh, and then Filthy Tom Waller will take on Gabe Kidd. Uh, Gabe Kidd, who, by the way, we didn't mention this earlier, he jumped Will Ospreay in oh, his yeah. uh, uh, backstage in his backstage comments. Yes. So keep an eye on that. Like we're getting Osprey Kid. Like I would be into that. Yeah, like, sign me up for that. Yeah. But yeah, overall, this card's going to be pretty interesting. There's also going to be some CMLL representation on this card. Eddie Kingston defending against Hanare. Uh, this should be a pretty fun card here. Yeah, it'll be a U.S. show for New Japan. It'll be 
you know, it'll be what it is. Yeah. Um, also, in the, the U.S. world, they announced that uh, Mayu Iwatani will be in action at Lone Star Shootout in Garland, Texas on Friday, November 10th. She will be defending her title at the show. No opponent has been named as of yet. Uh, they have the women's tag match in Vegas. So I assume someone from there will challenge. Yeah. So I think that'd be that'd be probably the best thing to do. Yeah, that's probably the play. Then other news, Bolton Oleg will be getting his NJPW World TV title shot on October 24th against Zack Sabre Jr. on the road to power struggle. Uh, them making sure Oleg gets his title shot is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like, like it's, it's definitely part of his progression plan or whatever the what they want to do with him. Because, yeah, usually they'll probably they wouldn't normally make a big deal to do this yeah, rematch. You know, he you know, he got you know, he had that wrist infection, was it? Yeah, that's that's a weird injury. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had a, a wrist infection. He lost the title shot like I would have expected New Japan to just be like, all right, moving on. But. They make they're making sure to get this man his title shot, which I I got an Iggy on that. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, I wonder is he gonna win? Like, is it gonna be a draw? Like, <laughs> I I don't know. I <laughs> I have a weird feeling about this. <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna be one to, to circle and keep our eyes out for. Uh, other news, New Japan announced uh, New Japan World will be go- going under its uh, renewal and relaunch. Uh, the re- refresh service will be launching on Thursday, November 9th, uh, 6 p.m. Japan time. Uh, we got a question from Rainbow and Slam Pink. I'm excited about the NJPW World relaunch. Any thoughts on what has been announced so far? Any deep cut gems on there you would recommend to watch prior to uh, November 9th when a lot of the content won't be available for a while? Um, I'll answer your second question first. I'm not super well versed in New Japan history. Um, so I wouldn't have anything for you. I do think it's disappointing that it won't be available at launch a lot of that back catalog, but hopefully they can get it back available like, you know, pretty quick. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see the better uh, you know, UI, the better streaming quality. Like, the New Japan World shows, like, when you compare them to the Access shows it's of the same matches, it looks awful compared to that. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and I'll be honest, if they just cribbed the Wrestle Universe format, I wouldn't be mad at all. Like, Wrestle Universe is such a good service that it makes me think about want, think about watching one of the promotions on Wrestle Universe. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me think, uh, I could get in the DDT, right? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh I could get in a no oh well. There's Kaz Fujita. I'll be I'll be trying again in a month. Yeah, you know, I, I watched that uh Osprey Marafuji match on there. I'm like, man, like this is this is great this, user experience, crisp, you know, H D Yeah. They got the four K cameras, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh so I, I do know for this uh, relaunch, yeah, there's going to be full HD uh, videos for, mm-hmm. for everything. So I'm guessing it's going to look more like the uh, Access TV production. There's going to be a, actually a standalone app you can download on your phone. Um, there's going to be the uh, 
offline so you can download stuff and watch it offline uh, so you're traveling you, you can load up your your phone your ipad with some you know classic g1 final stuff throw that on there uh, so i know that's some new features so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff like that they're going to be uh adding to this relaunch digging it digging it long overdue and i'm glad it's happening because i was ready for it to just never happen and you know, I would have been fine with it because it's still, you know, live New Japan. But seeing that they put the work in and they're going to be refreshing this thing, is it's good to see. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and I'm sure for, like, deep cuts, I'd probably say, you know, look at some of, like, the 80s stuff before they have before they can pull it over. You know, watch some of the Steiner Brothers stuff, Anoki stuff, some of the big uh, Fujinami, some of the big title matches stuff there. Some of the stuff we've, rec- we've recommended over the the years on a recommended match of the week, um, stuff like that. Watch before it gets pulled and takes their take their time to get it back up. And then last piece of news here: uh, our good friend Rocky Romero. He won the MLW Middleweight Title this past weekend, and then uh, this Friday on AW Rampage, he'll be facing Mystico for Mexico's pound for pound crown. Yeah, so they both have titles in CMLL. Rocky's got the. A historic welterweight title and i think mystico's got the historic middleweight belt so they're doing like a a pound for pound fight there so that'll be cool i'm very interested to see mystico in uh in uh, aew it'll be interesting to see how that all works out with the aew relationships there with new japan cmll they had a thing going with triple a does that keep going you know we'll see about that and then uh, MLW is a fake promotion, but <laughs> good that Rocky won something there. <laughs> yeah, man. I think Rocky is one of the most underrated guys right now. This guy's been traveling all over the place between ML- MLW, CMLL. He does sometimes an impact, random yeah, indies, AEW. He's having himself a, a year, and good for him because he's, he's great. Yeah, so underrated, um, and a lot of guys sometimes would see him as like a manager or, or a job guy. But yeah, still, still a great professional wrestler, having a, a great year. Really looking forward to that Mystico match like you mentioned earlier. A uh, big increase in tickets with the announcement of that match, and I'm hearing they want to do the authentic CMLL presentation. Rocky's going to have his uh, Dale Azucar music, uh, so they're, they're doing it up big here. Yeah. Hopefully they don't give him the Sin Cara lights and give everybody a <laughs> bad flashback. But, man. Oh man! Hopefully there won't be I, like two, hey. two, two Mysticos and a Dark Mystico. And <laughs> I mean, look, he's got his swagger back, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, so that that should be a fun matchup. All right, we got a few other questions here, and then we'll uh, answer those, wrap the show up. Uh, so first from uh, Harjiv S., he says, just recently began to listen to you guys, and while I actually enjoy the show, I caught a couple times uh, someone saying they watch shows on 2X Speed. How can you review something while doing that? Um, I sometimes do the undercard stuff. I'll watch, like, you know, if there's just nothing happening on an undercard match, I'll watch it in 2X Speed. Because my review format for how I review New Japan stuff on Voices of Wrestling is I'll do like tales from the undercard and I'll just list the results of the undercard matches. And so I go through the matches in 2x speed. I see who wins, who gets pinned. And if there's any big angle, I note that down too. But uh, yeah, you know, 
going through the undercard, some of you know, you don't need to watch every match that makes tape to get what's going on in New Japan. So I don't. I never do it with like title matches or like big time singles matches or anything. Just you know, your typical undercard like you know road to tags that are like building up a match. You know, I'll zoom through them if there's nothing I particularly want to see in that combination. Yeah, uh, and for me, um, I'll, I'll do 1.5 if I'm like crunched for time and we have a lot of stuff to yeah. review for the show. And like this Super Junior Tag League, probably the undercard for me is probably some of that stuff's probably going to get a 1.5 just to kind of see what's going on and see if there, there's any angles or anything interesting they're, they're building for Power Struggle or, or the Tokyo Dome. Um, but yeah, a lot of these shows when you when like you know me and Josh, you know, we're we're watching every single show. So when you watch every row to you, like there's only so many times you can see like the same six man or eight man or ten man tag over and over again. <laughs> I've seen Lij versus Chaos a thousand times. I know what this is. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, some of that stuff you you kind of you can get the gist yeah. if, if you speed and- run it. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can skip, like, you know, you can 2x speed the entrances and all that, and then everybody getting out of the ring and moving on to the next match. It saves you time. Yeah, especially, you know, Naito, if he's, you know, taking the pants off and the jacket, you, you can save like, yourself, like, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes, you know, <laughs> through that. Oh, my God, he took so long on this Royal Quest show. <laughs> he took so long. <laughs> Uh, uh, Death Triangle 720 says with uh, new teams being involved in tag division from Shota and Ren, Suji, Shingo, Suzuki, Narita, etc. What team should beat Bishamon for the tag belts? Um, I mean, someone put the idea in my head of Suji and Shingo winning them, and now I want that. You know, if Suji's not going to be in the top mix right now, pair them up with Shingo. They're cool. Works for me. Yeah, they've already uh, debuted their their tag finisher, the uh, the pumping blaster, the the lariat spear combo. It's sick. Uh, so yeah, I'm all down for them being the tag champs. There you go. I do like, but again, it speaks to my point earlier of they're putting effort into these tag into these tag teams, man. It it works. I like it. I like when New Japan puts effort in because they're usually very good at it. Yeah, you, you can main event a, a show with uh, Suji and Shingo defending against a top team. Yeah, like they just did Bikimon versus Okada Tanahashi at the anniversary show. That mm-hmm. match was excellent. It's one of my uh, higher tier New Japan matches of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, he also asked, uh, if possible, should New Japan have someone new debut like a Nakajima beating Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom, assuming that Osprey is leaving? I'm man, that would be cool. I don't know if they would do that. Hindsight being 2020, I would have saved the Suji match for the dome. Mm-hmm. But again, that's assuming Osprey's leaving. And you know, I said it earlier, but I think they're gonna do that Mox match at the dome. So you know, it's still in that New Japan universe. And they put the belt on Mox again. Like, would will it be the Intercontinental belt at that point? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. They're they're treating it as if he's not leaving yet. 
Yeah, they're definitely uh, kind of building him up. Uh, I think he will probably end up in Tokyo Dome with a title. I, I don't know if uh, I mean Nakajima's cool, but I feel like w- one of the young guys in New Japan should be the one to kind of get that rub and, and beat Osprey if they're not going to do Osprey mocks. Yeah, and to be clear, I want Nakajima in New Japan. Yeah, like that guy's awesome. Yeah, same. Uh, next question here from uh, K Shibata nine nine nine. Since there will likely be sixteen teams in World Tag League this year, how many outside teams do you think they will bring in? Which ones? All right, so I looked it up. Last year they had ten teams, and one of them was Aussie Open, who I'm pretty sure are going to be out this year, whether it be due to AEW commitments or Davis's wrist exploding. So uh, expect them to be out. So. Um, I looked at the teams. Um, you can add Hikaleo and ELP. Mm-hmm. You add G.O.D. Uh, Naito and Sonata were a team. They obviously are not one now. So you replace them with Suji and Shingo. You can replace Aussie Open with Okan and Cobb. Um, you could have Taichi and uh, Yuya be a team for just five guys. So that's that leaves you with three spots. I wouldn't expect an AEW to have a team miss that time. I'm thinking too hard about it. No, <laughs> I mean they'll you, find somebody. You could do the uh, the Monster Sauce team, Lance Archer and Alex Zane, or seeing them challenge uh, ELP and Hikaleo. Yeah, sure. I mean Archer, he works more New Japan than <laughs> AEW these days, so yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, I can't really ooh, see oh. an AW team coming over unless it's going to be a, a lower car team that they're okay with losing for a month. Yeah, I, I don't really see it, but um, oh, Suzuki and Nagata, there you go. Mm-hmm, yeah. So yeah, we're down to two, and then you know, you know, it's World Tag League. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Uh, look, they're better with the tag teams. That doesn't mean I'm watching World Tag League. <laughs> what do I look like? A freak? <laughs> uh, uh, Les Commission 7252 says, you guys like this scenario. Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi lose the belt to TMDK due to miscommunication with Ishii and Tanahashi, resulting in a special singles match at Wrestle Kingdom 18 from their amazing match at Wrestling Don Taku 2022. Um, I like the scenario. I mean, that would be a great match. Um, that did make me remember that um, those two weren't even supposed to be in that match. It was supposed to be Osprey Zanata. Yeah. <laughs> but Zanata broke his face and wasn't ready yet. So it was going to be Osprey Tanahashi. Then Osprey has like a kidney infection or something. So they have to pull in Ishii. And then those two have a great match. So. You know, it just reminded me of that funny thought of a great match where neither guy was supposed to be in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't see that happening. Ishii's been in the Rambo, you know, for a few of these uh, dome shows. Tanahashi, I, I don't know if you can put him in a singles match anymore at the dome. I know, man. He's, I feel he's like, looking rough, man. I feel like you have to do the last advertised, you no know, Tanahashi's last match in the Tokyo Dome singles match kind of thing, or at least give him one big send off moment. Yeah. It. 
I don't know what to do with those guys. Because, like, Ishii, you know, they'll stick him in the Rambo. Batana, what do you do with him? Do you have him against, like, Shota or something? Do you have, like... I mean, that's a decent thought, because those two have teased, like, not getting along. But Ishii, like, deals with it because, you know, Okada's cool with it, but... I just don't see that being what they do. Like they don't put Ishii in too many of these big singles matches in Japan anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be awesome if it happened. Um, yeah. My theory is, you know, Tanahashi pinned Alex Shelley in that six man at Rio Goku, so you could have uh, Tanahashi challenging again for the Impact World Title at, at the Tokyo Dome against Alex Shelley. Yeah, you could do that. You know, I'll never be mad at seeing Alex Shelley get booked for a show. Yeah, I think it'd be a great kind of spot for him, highlight him on Tokyo Dome. Plus, he's a physical trainer, so he could help Tana, you know, stretch out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also asked, if Ace Austin and Chris Bay weren't announced for Super Junior Tag League, could that mean they'll be in World Tag League instead? They've been Impact Tag Champs earlier this year, so it would mean they moved up slightly with the heavyweights, right? Sure. Now we're down to one spot. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it could happen. I feel like New Japan still see those guys as juniors, but hey, yeah, they are the, the Impact World Tag Team Champions, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, again, it's World Tag League. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> uh Next question here from uh, Semi Hat. He says, "How would you book Goto in 2024?" Um, I'd keep him in Bishamon. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good team for those guys in this stage of their careers. I think they're you know the most over you know native team that they've got right now. Um, if you want to do something different with them after they drop the titles, I think pairing them with like Ishii would be a dope never six man team. Pairing them with another guy from Chaos, like, I mean, who knows who's in Chaos anymore? <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's a forty-five-year-old veteran. He could still move well out there. You're not pushing him as a singles guy, so yeah, keep him in these tags. You know, if you want to put him in a six-man, put him in a six-man. I think that's a good spot for those guys. Yeah, I think yeah, Bishamon has been great. They've been having great tag matches, great tag title runs, and yeah, with this. Point in Goto's career, yeah, you know, I don't see him, you know, winning a G1 again or a New Japan Cup. So I think keeping him with Yoshihashi, running Bishamon, having them kind of be the ace tag team and facing off all comers, uh, I think is a, a very good spot for Goto. Yeah, Goto's not getting that gold watch. <laughs> um, uh, last two questions here from the Dark Soldier. First, he says, uh, I know what you guys had pointed out a few weeks ago in the Wrestle Dream pre-show. Kojima was the one who got the win for his team. Do you think AEW is rectifying their mistake from Forbidden Door? Could Kojima appear on Collision, take Punk's spot, beat all the AEW guys, ban people from the show, beat MDF, <laughs> and rightfully bring the Age of Bread to AEW? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he'd have better matches. So yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Kojima, so I, I'm all down for him coming in, getting a run. That that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, look, I I liked Punk, but like this was, it wasn't gonna work. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Kojima. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be a welcome addition, I think, to, to Collision. Kind of a cool thing. Yeah, see Kojima versus somebody, get a quick win. It'd be nice. <laughs> uh, last... Kojima feuding with five different people, three <laughs> of whom won't talk to him. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was hilarious. Like, you know, he faced uh, Tony Nese on the ROH tapings, and Tony Nese just hating on bread. So, yes, I saw that spoiler, and because I review ROH for. Um, F4W online. I was like, "Yes, I'm getting Kojima. <laughs> Let's go." Yeah, I think just having feud against all like the best people who hate bread, like the best body guys that hate bread in yeah. AEW. Good stuff. <laughs> there you go. Then <laughs> uh, his last question here: Who do you think had the biggest fall in NJPW? A guy who seemed to be prepped for more, th- more yet things didn't pan out. Juice is a recent example, but he at least. At least he's rock hard now, and I think Yujiro is a big example given his once main evented for the world title against our hero Tanahashi. Do you have anyone else in mind who fell hard? Um, Kushida was my first thought because, like, he came back and now he means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, from the ace of the juniors to the pin eater on his own team, that's what Jack at time will do to you. <laughs> But um, another name I just thought of as you were reading it that I think fits more with a Dark Soldier's question would be uh, Kitamura, Katsuya Kitamura. Mm. Like they were, you know, he won that Young Lion Cup. They were ready to go with the, to the moon with him. Then, you know, whatever happened, happened. And yeah, it's unfortunate. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, another name thinking about Young Lions and Young Lion Cups are Carl Fredericks. Um, oh my god, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, I think it seems like he was earmarked to be, um, you know, a, a top guy in the company. Now he's talking to trees on NXT and D. <laughs> Maybe it was for the best. Yeah. Maybe it was for the best. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up uh, the questions and it's going to put an end to our show here. Suit, thanks so much for. Coming on the show, man, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online and plug any of your work, anything you have coming up you want people to check out. Uh, you can check me out uh, on Twitter and any Twitter uh, variants at Suit Williams. Um, a lot of my work's on VoicesOfWrestling.com. I uh, had a real busy uh, few weeks this past few weeks. I released the 2023 Dynamite Dozen, which is the um, ranking of the 12 best um AEW television matches, um, the rankings from Cage Match. So you get a nice look at the past year of AEW from anniversary to anniversary. You, um, I'm also currently doing the Bummer of Punk series where I look back at the 2011 Summer of Punk and see what went wrong there. Spoiler alert, the answer is Triple H. <laughs> um, I've also... Got. I also recently wrote a piece on MJF, uh, where I talked about uh, my disappointment with his work. I'm getting rave reviews for that one. Uh, also, you know, he. I'm not saying he heard it, but a little different on this week's Dynamite. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was also recently on the Gentleman's Wrestling podcast talking about the uh, recent shift in AEW's. Uh, in AEW's programming lately. So check that one out. Me and Jesse Collins having a nice uh, discussion about that. Um, and then finally, F4WOnline.com. 
I um, review Ring of Honor Weekly and AEW Collision every Saturday. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, thanks again, Suit, for coming on. Everybody, go out and check out Suit's work. Great stuff. Also, I love the Brock series you did as well. Yes, the uh, Brockumentary, 15 parts on Brock's uh, run from 02 to 04, the initial Brock Lesnar run. Very good stuff that I am proud to have finished. Yeah, so everybody check out Suits work on Voice of Wrestling, uh, Wrestling Observer website, and Suit will definitely have to have you back on when Josh is back, so you can get the, the full uh, Keeping a Strong Style experience. But uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. Fun time. I'll be back anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Next week, we'll be back to review the start of Super Junior Tag League. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. Visit socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter or X. We're at KI Strong Style. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan. Follow the network at Social Suplex. Also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash social suplex, on Instagram at social suplex, on Reddit. I'm the pro black guy, Josh is keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at socialsuplex.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio with Rich Latta and James Boyd. All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Tunnelwitz. Imps WWE Adventure with the implications Matthew Mayer and we got some uh, new shows coming soon to the network so make sure you subscribe and check that out so leave us a rating and review and we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style the ace of podcasts thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style we'll see you next time <laughs>